0: All right, welcome to another week of the Sports Block podcast. Here, Nathan Stackin, here as always, and alongside with my good friend and co-host of this podcast, Mister Travis Crins. Travis, how are you? It's fall. It is. It is fall. It, it feels fall like. Uh, temperatures are going to be in the 40s here, starting about Thursday in Fargo. Uh, ridiculous for this time of the year. There's a chance of snow. What's the forecast in Mitchell?
1: Uh fifties and sixties we should be at seventy, so we're not anywhere near seventy. Uh it's a struggle to get out of the fifties, so I think it was like three weekends ago was ninety. And uh then all of a <laughs> yes. sudden,
0: Yes it was. Yeah,
1: there's no there's no middle ground. There's no well, it's gonna it's gonna be sixty five to seventy degrees for a while. There was no no middle ground. So we went from the hot to the uh cool. Cooler, not terrible, but uh,
0: cooler. Fifties are all right. We can handle fifty-five. I take fifties right now. I want to get out and golf a few more times here before oh. the season's done. Um, I mean, the according to weather.com, it's going to be well below average temperatures in yeah. October, then above average in November, and well above average in December. But I seem to recall, right. I seem to recall in uh, the summer, like in June or July. They were predicting fall and they said it would be above average for fall, like in September and October. And then, uh, so what the hell do they know, I guess? Oh,
1: uh, yeah. When, when you're going three, four months out with the weather, that's, that's
0: true. I think if the, a meteorologist, being a meteorologist would be great because you can you get paid and you are going to be wrong 60 to 70 percent of the time, I feel like. Name another profession where you can be wrong sixty to seventy percent of your time 70, 60 to seventy percent of the time and still keep your job. Baseball hitter. Oh well, okay. Well, besides that, <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah. If you were a three or four hundred hitter, people would think you were the best thing in baseball since sliced bread.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah, he was uh, a great. He was a great hitter, hitter it, back in the day too. Let me tell you.
1: Bread They decided to slice the bread? Good, good for them. Pre-sliced cheeses, all the all the, all the stuff, the I meats. Great, uh, great innovation.
0: So, speaking of baseball, uh, we had two game 163s on Monday because 162 games just can't decide the divisions in the NL West and the NL Central, and in the NL Central, your Central Division winners are. The Milwaukee Brewers, who go into Wrigley Field, beat the Cubs three to one. Uh, Jose Quintana has had been a nemesis to the Brewers this year; was four and one on the year, and the Brewers got to him uh, for one run. Let's see here: did they? Was it? They scored all the runs off of him, correct? Uh, there two. Let, let me see here. For one, I think
1: it was it was one to one in the eighth inning. Then uh, just bullpen guy after bullpen guy came in to give up hits.
0: So. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, Quintana's uh, five innings, six hits, one earned run. So he did his he did his job. He only allowed the one run against the Brewers. But you're right, the bullpen then comes in in the eighth inning and kind of shits the bed, shall we say? Um, but this is a great win for the Brewers. This is their first division title since 2011. And uh, this is a team that I think should definitely be feared on the NL side.
1: I think they're one the whole thing. That's how impressed with them I am. Uh, I didn't think they I don't even think I'd, I thought they'd make the playoffs this year.
0: I, was on, the, I was on the Brewers band way again at the beginning of the season here, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, if you were. Uh, Lorenzo Cade uh very good 400 on base percentage he got a big i uh, think he scored a run uh of the three runs christian yelich is going to win the mvp um just you know what what the marlins did trading that outfield away ozuna didn't have a have a great year for his standards Stanton i think missed some time had an okay year but yelich christian yelich he that's a, that's an outstanding trade uh, so far, almost won the Triple Crown, so good numbers for him. But uh, uh, that Brewers bullpen, that's Ruber's uh, bullpen. Cubs have the best bullpen here, a I believe, but there's, no, I have no idea who their best reliever should. I guess Jesse Chavez who did come in to throw a couple innings. He's thrown almost 100 innings this year in relief. Um, that's a Cubs, lot. I think he was, yes, I think he was with Texas earlier in the year. So he might be their best reliever. But uh, that that rest of that bullpen, their ERA is low, but I, I don't know who you can go to.
0: So. The Cubs will be in the wild card on Tuesday. By the time you hear this podcast, you will know if the Cubs have advanced or not because they're going to play the Rockies, who lost to the Dodgers today. So the Dodgers went or on Monday, so the Dodgers win the NL West uh, division, and I mean. It it wasn't surprising I guess to me You you get a few home runs and the Rockies just They struggled in LA Um, I think they got swept there Earlier in September So to lose is not surprising But now it sets up Colorado Against the Chicago Cubs That will be in Wrigley, correct? Yes Uh, What do we make of the Rockies Chances here to take down the Cubs?
1: I think they have Kyle Freeland pitching He's been their best pitcher probably finished in the top five in ERA, and he's probably had the best year any Rockies pitcher has ever had. He's at at least had the best ERA at home. home. ERA in the low twos at Coors Field, so uh, he's been unbelievable. He uh, he had a good year last year, but he didn't strike out a ton of guys, and I I still don't think he strikes out a ton of guys. So He's been uh, great for them, so it's going to be basically up to them because John Lester's been very good uh, for uh, for the uh, Cubs this year. So um, Lester, there's been a couple times he's gotten beat up pretty good. Um, last year, I think there was a Pirates game he gave up like eight or ten runs in the first. And the game I went to where he played the Reds, I don't think he lasted two innings and gave up like eight runs. So there's been a couple of Horrendous start, so if that's the case, uh, you know Rockies are, are going to win there. But
0: yeah, and I, I'll be honest, Lester doesn't really scare me. If I'm if he's I'm he's the Colorado Rockies,
1: well, he's, he's pitched well this year. Uh, I mean, Cole Hamels has pitched amazing since the trade, so he's found the fountain of youth there. Uh, Cole Hamel or uh, Lester, not not a young chicken anymore, spring chicken, but. Uh, with, uh, he's, he's uh, the old veteran playoff pitcher and he's got with three World Series rings under his belt there yep. so he's he,
0: he's got the uh, the history behind him. yes and I'm not saying that he's not a bad pitcher but I guess I don't I'm the fear of God is not uh you know struck in me by you know if I, if I were the Rockies here and all you need to do is get someone on first base and force Lester to try and throw a pickoff Pitch yeah. and he's just going to go in the dirt. Now, granted, he has improved on that this year, but uh, yeah. that's that's really all you need to do. Yeah,
1: going back to the Dodger game, they got Walker Buehler who started that game, and uh, he's their next ace. as Kershaw kind of slowly is on the decline here in his early 30s. Walker Buehler is the next guy that's going to be you know one of the best pitchers in baseball. So Walker Buehler. Uh, people should get to know him.
0: Yeah, and the Dodgers won wow. their sixth straight NL West crown, too, yeah. which is impressive.
1: They said something in the broadcast, which I just found unbelievable. And apparently, it's true, I haven't looked it up, but I assume it's true, that this run here, six straight division titles, this is the first time ever that the Dodgers have made the playoffs more than two years in a row. When you think of the Dodgers and all the World Series they've won and they've been to. And I guess they've never been to the playoffs three years in a row before these past six years. So I I found that to be unbelievable.
0: How how does that happen, though, if they've won six straight NLS titles? Wouldn't that mean they've been in the playoffs six straight years?
1: Before that. Before
0: Oh, before that. Okay, okay. I got what you're saying. I was like, uh, the math wasn't adding up there.
1: (laughs) There, Before this run, they'd never been there more than two years in a row. Herman uh, Marquez for the Rockies. Uh, he pitched well before giving up the home runs. Uh, he struck out the first eight batters he saw. and just start last week, that title record. Uh, so he, he was a very good pitcher. A lot of strikeouts this year, about 25 more strikeouts than pitches. And the, the one set with the Rockies pitching is like everything, every guy who started a game with the Rockies this season has only ever played for the Rockies. So that's. Like Tampa Bay did that a few years ago, but it's, it's a very homegrown bunch there that's come up through their minor league system, whether it's via trade or uh, or draft. But every guy that started for the Rockies this year, starting pitcher, is somebody that has only ever played for the Rockies.
0: Wow, that's that's quite impressive. There, uh, let's let's stay on the NL side here, and uh, so. The winner of Colorado and Chicago. Well, first off, if had the had the Rockies beat the Dodgers, would Dodgers Cubs have been the biggest game, the biggest of the one game like wild card games uh, that we've seen since MLB went to this format? I have to think so, given how storied each franchise would have been or is.
1: They're considered the two best teams in the league, so yes, we did have Houston Yankees a couple years ago, in which Keiko shut them out. Oh, but yes, yep. And kind of Scubs Dodgers as a preseason top two teams, during the season top two teams. So I, I think both
0: will So the winner of the Colorado and Chicago will take on the Milwaukee Brewers. That series starts on Thursday, October 4th. Uh, games will be on FS1 and uh, Fox mlb network so the fox has the nl uh playoffs this year and so looking at this here i mean you lo- really like the brewers and you like them regardless of who they play the cubs or the rockies is that correct yeah they, i mean they pretty
1: much owned the cubs here recently last couple of years they played well I got to say, though, put me on record here that um, I was not impressed with how Craig Council managed his pitching staff in this game on Monday. Uh, He saved Josh Sader until the eighth and ninth innings, and, like, he's got to be your first guy. Maybe he'll manage it differently when it comes to playoffs. But Josh Sader and Jeremy Jeffress, those two guys have to be your first two guys out of the bullpen Every game in which you think is still in the balance. If you're down 5 nothing, obviously you don't do that, but Hader has to be that first guy out. He has to be the Andrew Miller of, uh, of this team, of this playoff series, and Jeremy Jeffress, uh, he can be right there as well. I don't think it's too much to ask for those guys to throw five innings combined. Most times, this Hader can go out there and throw three innings at a time, you're never going to play more than two days in a row, and there's going to be games in which you don't use them. So, play for the now, play to win each game, and worry about tomorrow, when tomorrow gets here, but Josh Hader has to be the first guy, or should be, out of that bullpen. I don't guy- care if it's the third inning, fourth inning, first inning. He's got to be the guy.
0: Okay, I was just going to ask, you: do you want him to start the games?
1: Maybe what they to seen today, he pitched very well. He went almost six innings, gave up one home run, so he pitched well. But uh, whenever he is in the game, I think he should pitch three innings, 40, 50 pitches. Use him. Use him. Use this man.
0: The other NL series, the Atlanta Braves at the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, I have not in I have not liked what I've seen from the Brewers here the last couple of weeks. Now, I get that. Right. You know, the playoffs are different, they're a different animal, and Atlanta was maybe you know getting their rotation set up and whatnot, but they haven't exactly been playing the greatest baseball here as of late, and you will be playing a Dodgers team. Now, I certainly hope that the Brewers can come away with a win here. Oh, I'm sorry, yes, the Braves. I, my apologies here. Um, I certainly hope that the Braves can come away with a win in this series, and win the series. But um I must say I think that I kind of favor the Dodgers here overall.
1: Yeah. I mean the Braves are the one young team in the playoffs on the NL side who's who's the big surprise. So they've got some good starting pitchers, they've got some exciting young players, so yeah, they're gonna have to pick it up here a little bit. They're just kinda coasting here you know, these past couple of weeks. So losing the Phillies and the Mets and whatnot, but they did have a six-game winning streak, and they lost five, four of the last five. So I think the Braves are fine. Dodgers are better, obviously. They have more talent, but uh, Dodgers have been known to disappoint before.
0: So I will take the Dodgers, and reluctantly I'm going to take the Cubs. I hope I'm dead wrong in this. I'll take them in the NLCS, and I will have the Cubs win, but I would much rather see the Rockies or the Brewers. The winner of that series, I want to win the NL pennant um, if it's Rockies, Brewers if it's Brewers Cubs I want the Brewers but I'm going to take the Cubs just because I I just feel like the postseason uh, is where they're going to kind of come to shine their backs are against the wall but they won't, Joe Mann won't have a problem with that so I will have the Cubs advancing to the World Series
1: and the bullpen is the difference I think the Brewers beat the Dodgers to go to the World
0: Series good, I hope you're right in that I hope you're right on the AL side, perhaps no ALDS series will get as much attention as Yankees Red Sox will, provided that the Yankees get by the Oakland Athletics in the wild card game. Do you expect the Yankees to advance?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, I won't be able to see much of Rockies Cubs, but I will be able to see, thankfully, Yankees Athletics. No, very much looking forward to that. Uh, looks like Oakland's going to go with the bullpen type game, so you're going to see a bunch of pitchers, no starters for, for Oakland. So I'm excited to see that.
0: Like Trinan, that means South Dakota State, Jackrabbit sure. uh, will probably play. I mean, he's, he's pitched very well. So if the A's can win, that would be great. But Let's let's be real here. It's probably going to be the Yankees. So Yankees, Red Sox, then, and I picked the Yankees to win the World Series to start the year. I knew we knew that the Yankees and Red Sox were going to both make the playoffs. I mean, it was like a ninety-five percent chance that they were going to. But what the Red Sox have done this year with Mookie Betts and JD Martinez in particular is really astounding. Um. I I have not heard what they've done. Maybe you've heard something or read something somewhere. What is the Red Sox plan to do with David Price? Is he hurt or what's the deal? Well, he's just had a lot of postseason demons before. He's not pitched well in the postseason. So are you going to bring him out of the bullpen? Are you going to start him? What's the deal? What do you think they will do with David Price?
1: Uh, He's had a good year. Good bounce back year. Uh, best year in a few years. Um, I mean, they'll start them. We have Chris Sale game one. I assume David Price will start game two. Uh, look, Porcello's had a nice year. So, uh, yeah, they've got, uh, i give the Yankees or the Red Sox the edge in the starting pitching. And they're just good all over. Their offense is good. So, Yankees, Red Sox, kind of a toss-up, yeah.
0: I will take. I will reluctantly take the Red Sox. I really don't care who wins this series. I, I really don't because I would. I will. The, the winner of this series, I want them to lose to the Astros. So that. That's, I would
1: prefer, I guess, to see Boston continue to play over the Yankees.
0: Yeah. So I. So we're both taking Boston then. then Indians-Astros, already been determined, by the way, the ALDS will start on Friday, October 5th, on TBS. So the uh, NLDS will be the 4th and 5th, Thursday, Friday. Then they get Saturday off, then they'll play Sunday, Monday, and then Wednesday, if necessary, I guess, Monday as well, if, if necessary. The ALDS starts Friday, so the 5th and 6th, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Then they play Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, if necessary. Again, Tuesday is necessary as well. All games will be on TBS So, uh, Indians Astros, I feel like the Indians are really kind of under the radar here. They, they didn't really impress a whole lot throughout the season, but they, they're playing better as of late, but the Astros are playing even better than they are. And to me, it's the Astros that are even more under the, uh, the radar in comparison to the Yankees Red Sox and maybe even the A's with how the A's have really come on strong here. So, um, I just really like the Astros here, provided that all their players can come back healthy, especially in the you know in the lineup. They're not the starting rotation. That's that's pretty much set, right? They got all their guys back.
1: Uh, Verlander hopefully starts game one. your Cole's really good, so yeah, they've they've got their guys ready to
0: go. But it's you know the Jose Altuve's, the Carlos Correa's, and all all that jazz. They're hopefully everyone's healthy for the Astros, and if they are, I, I just really like what the Astros have going.
1: They're a very good team. I guess I'm picking Cleveland here against Better Judgment. Uh, Kluber and Carrasco games one game, two. So, I mean, uh, the starting pitching, I think the starting pitching in this series is, is the best of any series you can have. And uh, these two teams probably doing the opposite of the, of the bullpen and deal here. So... Um, their starters, if they're on, if they're going to win these games, probably going to have to pitch uh, well deep into the series. But I'll take Cleveland to beat our Astros, sadly.
0: So I have Astros Red Sox, you have Indians Red Sox, I have the Astros beating the Red Sox to advance to the World Series. What do you have?
1: I've got Cleveland.
0: All right, so you have Cleveland, Milwaukee, and all. Midwest World Series here, kind of like it was a couple years ago when the Indians and the Cubs played. I have Cubs-Astros renewing the NL Central uh, days when the Astros beat the Cubs. And I will say the Astros' exact revenge on the city of Chicago after getting swept by the White Sox in the 2005 World Series, I believe. The exact revenge on the city of Chicago. Take it out on the cubs I like the Astros to win their second consecutive World Series. So it's going to happen. I'm sorry, Houston. I've just put the stack and jinx upon thee.
1: I like the Brewers to beat the Indians. Bob Euker's real team versus Bob Euchers movie team. (laughs) Former king in the AL Central for a handful of years. So I think the Brewers, uh, they've been to the World Series once in 82. They've only been to the playoffs five times. So I think this makes it six. So I think they're just playing well right now. Their uh, Lorenzo King Christian Yelich has made a huge difference. Jesus Aguilar's hit 35 some home runs. Um, Moustakas is there; he's been fine. But their uh, their moves have paid off. It's something that you would like to see the Minneapolis team do. Yes. Uh, with the moves they've they've done uh, since they're in similar markets, uh, their bullpen though I think is is, is the big difference.
0: For those. Hader, yeah sorry I
1: like is going to be a star he's going to be just like Andrew Miller was
0: the racist star
1: yes it appears yeah racist uh, he is he's a racist it appears
0: uh, for those that are like wait Bob Euchre voiced the Indians yes in Major League if you haven't seen Major League do yourself a favor and go watch it if you it. have seen there... it for Christ's sake
1: what if you haven't if if, 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 if you know what I'm going to say if anybody hasn't seen it they to L.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay, so I the, the, I have a co-worker who last week told me she hasn't seen Remember the Titans in full. How do you not see Remember the Titans? She Is she a fan of sports and all that stuff or what? Um, yeah, she's a Vikings fan, and yeah, I think she, yeah. I'm I just sur- surprised, like, even non-sports fans know Remember the Titans.
1: One of the rare movies, one of the about, I don't know, maybe a dozen movies or less I've seen in the theater. Yeah, Remember the Titans, very good
0: movie. Uh, that's one of my favorite sports movies. It might be my favorite sport movie. Um, mm-hmm. Miracles up there. Um, Tropic Thunder with Will Ferrell. Uh, and that can't be considered a sports movie, I'm sorry. Uh, in non-playoff baseball talk, Joe Maurer... May or may not be retiring as a twin, but what a cool moment Sunday with him coming out in his catcher's gear. He hadn't caught a game since, what, 2013, I believe it was? Against the Mets. Against the Mets. And he came out, took one pitch uh, in the ninth inning, a huge standing ovation. It lasted minutes upon minutes. Um, but just a very cool scene overall for a class act and a Minnesotan through and through uh, let's I mean I've heard someone said he's more Minnesotan than the lakes well I don't know if that's wow. entirely accurate or not but it was a very cool moment at Target Field on Sunday
1: it was very good uh, the whole week the whole weekend was kind of you know, this will probably be the last game, uh, and uh, if he still doesn't know, he says, so I believe him. We'll just have to wait and see how it expect, you know. Maybe it'll come very soon, maybe we'll tell him, you know, November, December, once players start signing, but uh, I think he's done, I think he can still play, obviously he's, he's a good hitter, he's still at like 280 this year's on base is still good, but just doesn't have any power and, and the concussions, just... You know, ruined ruined the last five years of his career. Yep. But uh, the whole thing, mean, David Wright had a good deal on Saturday. in a game that just refused to end. It was one nothing after thir- in the thirteenth inning. So um, he got a good send off. The normal, you know, take him out and get to stand an with the stand ovation. But but the Joe Mauer thing, I had never seen anything like that. And that was that was well done.
0: All right. It's universally. Uh, Applauded and people are crying and like, oh, I'm never gonna look at Joe Mauer, hear Joe Mauer's name the same again. I guess I don't. I I didn't get that reaction or feeling at all. But if You, ever, hate, the man. you hate the man. I don't hate the man. I don't. Okay. I don't at all. Um, but if other people do, I'm not gonna say, well, why are you doing that? I mean, it, I absolutely think that it's a, it was a, an incredibly cool moment. Uh, I don't know if he's going to retire or not. I think it in part depends on what the team does, what the front office does in the offseason. And kind of what their and what their vision is. the, the reason why I say that is because this last offseason, what were we talking about here? Oh, the twins gotta go get, you know, Lance Lynn. They gotta you know they gotta sign some bats here like Logan Morrison and and all these guys. Let's get them in. Well, they the twins made those moves and it appeased the fans, but the moves didn't work out. So And now everyone's like, Well, what the hell are you gonna do? And all this jazz and I mean are you gonna you know, is Odorizzi gonna stay with the team? Are they gonna try and cut bait with him or like what is the vision of this team in the offseason going forward into next year because they have a lot of talent especially you know batting and whatnot that i think you know they can make a run at the playoffs next year maybe even make a run at the division title but if i'm joe mauer and if i'm kind of on the fence here i want to know what exactly the team is going to what their vision is, how they're going to improve, before I can commit to another season.
1: Well, I think they're obviously going to make some moves. They did exactly what I liked them to do in the off season. For once, it just didn't work out.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's why I say and, I think it that's what we were asking them to do, and they did. It just, as you said, the moves didn't pan out.
1: And they traded Rodney, and they traded uh, Lance Lynn. They traded all of these guys, Dozier and Escobar. That's that's what I would have done as well, trade all these free agents or guys that won't be back. And I've been very impressed with their decisions so far. Uh, Your starting pitchers, you've got Barrios, Gibson, and Odorizzi. Feel feel confident in those three. Uh, Other than that, there's some guys on the roster now that, will be in the mix and they'll be maybe a free agent or two that they'll sign that can uh, be in the mix as well so just uh, kind of do the same thing you did last year find a pitcher find some bullpen guys uh, I think Trevor Mays the new closer that's what I would do with him he's had trouble staying healthy That had back trouble he's had Tommy John and uh, I think he's your next closer uh, Taylor Rogers a lefty doesn't throw very hard but he was he was good Uh, Hildenberger struggled down the stretch. He was given a few saves, but I feel confident in those three guys for your bullpen. Uh, Tyler Austin, he's got a lot of power.
0: Mm -hmm. He's your he's your new first baseman. So, like Mauer in a bench
1: role, I think would be nice. He's a good uh, good defensive first baseman. Uh, A good hitter, a good guy to get on base.
0: Yeah, how about a designated hitter?
1: Yeah, something like that. Not exactly a guy, obviously, that's going to get, uh, you know, 10 home runs or anything like that, or even 30 home runs. But it'd be a nice bench piece or that veteran. I'm a proponent of him becoming the next manager. But, but if he wants to step away to, well, he's got one kid on the way who's uh, coming up in November, You've got two twin girls that are five, that are, I think, finally starting to figure out, you know, once you get to about five years old, you're aware of your surroundings. So that's the big so that's I think that's why he will retire more because of that than the team I think the team should be good they underachieved this year but they were still 40 or 78 and 84 um, it was a good year to be bad because you needed to win 97 games to get in that wild card game and Twins weren't even what 10 or 12 games within that last year so this year was an abnormally good year I think next year if things return to normal, you only have to win maybe eighty five or eighty six games for that wild card, which they can they can do. So hope to get a full season from Snow. I think next year's the breaking point for Buxton. hmm Whether he's the guy or whether you move on from him, That's a big year for Buxton. Uh so I'm I'm excited for next year as
0: well. Uh what was I gonna say now? I mean I'm I've got my eyes on the Tampa Bay Rays next good year night. um i mean they i think they could be really good as well but but we'll see i mean the al is going to be very difficult um so paul molitor will paul, will, will
1: paul be met, be back i well,
0: don't know well i mean that's i mean you want joe mauer i mean if joe mauer would be the next manager it's like well paul Molitors. i mean they would have to fire him yes but uh do you think he, it's worthy that they fire him
1: yeah, I just never liked him, like the decisions he's made. Um, they've gone with this opener, so they've tried this. Um, i got to look into it a little bit more, how they used it. Um, they used Gabriel Moya as the opener a handful of times. He's a lefty who has an odd delivery. I don't know what his splits are against lefty or righty. The, the ideal opener, I guy that goes an inning, Usually, you know, the three best hitters on the team are the three top of the order. And they're usually right-handed hitters. So you would use a very good right-handed reliever uh, as the opener. So um, seems like they just did it just to do it. But, um, yeah, my just seems I've never liked them. I always used the bullpen. Oh, he pinched runs for guys late in the game, and then that guy, like I said, all his time in the order comes back around and he's not there because he had to pinch run for him when there were two outs and he's on first and he didn't even come close to scoring anyway. So stupid moves like that is what I hate.
0: So uh, we will certainly be talking about the baseball playoffs as the season um, continues here. So um, baseball postseason baseball, is very very good. So um,
1: I think I think the Phillies are going to sign Machado or Harper. They're gonna get one of them.
0: It sounds though like Machado or uh, that um, that Harper wants to stay in Washington. Maybe he's just saying that to save face right now. But that that's what it sounds like right but now.
1: I don't. I mean, he just doesn't fit with the Yankees. Cause, I mean, they're just. What do you do with them? Where do you put them? They got Stanton. They've got Aaron Hicks. Uh, they got Judge. The Yankees have too many guys. So, um, and then the uh, I think Nationals are well suited to go along without them if they choose to because they have uh, a lot of young talent. Juan Soto, great. Probably going to finish second. They got Victor Robles. Victor Robles uh, going to be a Probably a good young player next year, but give the year candidate. And uh, Adam Eaton, who always gets certain when he's fine. So, Washington, you'd like to have Harper, but uh, his his defense significantly dropped this year. Whether that was due to his ankle injury from the previous year, I don't know. His offense was good, his defense was bad. So, Um, going to an AL team maybe for future use, even though he's only 25. Um, his defense took a significant
0: drop. Something to keep our eye on. Um, can you tell me, hey. with a straight face, that the Vikings are the best, have the best defense in the NFL? Do you still believe that?
1: At the moment, they do not. No. Okay. They got it, a, lot, a lot of points. The points were a problem. The points were too much.
0: It, it's. You know what? I thought they would lose to the Rams to begin the season. I mean, the Rams look like world beaters. This looks like 1999 vintage Rams with, you know, Kurt Warner, and Marshall Falk, and Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt. I mean, this team is just legit. So many weapons across the board. Uh, and I thought the Vikings would at least be able to stop them somewhat, uh, but they didn't. And this Vikings defense has just not looked themselves since last year's in the first half against the Saints in the well, divisional playoffs. I mean from the, from the second half on something changed and they have not gotten their mojo back this comes also on the heels I mean we we were off uh, we had just recorded the podcast last week when the everson griffin news came about and i think he's going to come back at some point this season i don't know when but he um you know checked himself into a mental uh, or in, into a hospital did the mental a health evaluation. He's gonna combat his problems, which is which is good news for sure. But I I just don't know what this, how this defense is going to recover, and I'm just waiting for them to flip the switch. And you know what? Because all the guys are the same there. So what what happened? I I just I, I don't get it.
1: I do not know either. I don't know what happened. I was fine with the way they played against San Francisco. I was fine with the way they played against the Packers. Uh, I was fine with the way they played against the Bills. Um last week was not good. So for me, obviously I was more optimistic than I guess others uh, with with the defense. But uh, it was it was a bad bad game by the looks of it. But schedule gets gets quite a bit easier coming up. I am uh yep. I'm fine with uh with this with this deal.
0: So, the offensive line has got to get better. Um,
1: That's my concern. That is the number one concern for me are these shitty bastards blocking.
0: I mean, Riley Reef and Mike Remmers appear to have reverted back to the guys before last year. Uh, It's not good. Now, I think Pat Elfline getting him back certainly helps. But we'll see. I mean, this this has got to be their investment in the offseason and in the draft is get some damn offensive linemen who can block or, do, I mean, do something. I mean, it, it's no it, more, it's bad.
1: No more defense. We, we've invested in the defense. Everybody is signed up besides the bar. So no more defense. We got all the guys. Either they're going to be good or not. I think they're going to be real good. Uh, you got the quarterback. You got the running back. You got the receivers. You've got every, you got the kicker now. Yep. You have every position covered except the offensive line. So it's, uh, I don't give a shit who it is. First two picks of the draft need to be offensive linemen. First two picks of the draft need to be offensive linemen. I want to sign at least a guy or two. Uh, they should have an entirely new offensive line next year, except what? The center, health line's there. Who's the other jabron that's hurt that was good last year? There's another Nick guy. Easton. Those should be the only two returners, assuming they're healthy, assuming they do well. Uh, everybody else has got to go. Remmers have got to go. Reef you can cut his ass If you want to Tom
0: Compton um, Is just garbage Tom
1: He's Tom hot is garbage Tom not a starter He's not a starter That's just That's just The, the plain truth of it He's never been a starter There's what? a reason why He's not good enough R- 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 Rashad Hill He's no good um, This is bad This is real bad uh, Kirk Cousins Running for his life People hate the fumbles But you can't fucking See Half the time Your sacks So um, I don't blame him For that but uh, Cousins is, has been he's exceeded expectations. Yes, uh, the running game has struggled,
0: and I'll put that on the offensive line. He still leads the league in in fumbles loss with three. That's not good. Uh, this Aldrick Robinson looks phenomenal. I'm what a good pickup that is. I think Laquan Treadwell is as good as gone in the offseason, even though he's played much better the last couple of weeks uh, than we initially. Yeah, then we've seen prior to, I mean, the Green Bay game and everything, but still, uh, the Aldrick Robinson looks good. Uh, what Was I gonna say here? But yeah, Cousins, I mean, it, it's like it's the fumbles. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sealant has what over hundred yards every game. That's like the, some sort of a record of some sort.
0: Yeah, he it, it ties Randy Moss.
1: Yeah, I mean he's, he's an unbelievable. Big the the, the the couple possessions I saw. Diggs was freaking going nuts so I mean those two receivers I mean they're the best receivers they've had since Carter and Moss 20 years ago so
0: yeah are they where would you put Thielen and Diggs in terms of the best one two wide receiver combos in the league
1: I would put them number one I don't know who would be better
0: could I uh,
1: Atlanta Atlanta's Jones and who would be number
0: two? Oh, I was gonna say how about Calvin Ridley that was actually who I was just gonna bring up can I in it's a small sample size but can I interest you in Calvin Ridley because he's been phenomenal well, so far for them you can interest my fantasy team in Calvin Ridley I know that goddamn
1: much so I appreciate <laughs> Mr Ridley being available for the uh, for the team this week uh surprisingly close matchup I I, I put this to bed. I look at it Sunday night
0: and see that I'm ahead by like a third of a point, so well, uh, you are going to win, Emmanuel, unless Emmanuel Sanders fumbles twice in the second yeah. half.
1: Barring, barring any uh, obscene change here, I'll sneak by here and go uh, to four and zero. But goddamn, I
0: I can't uh, get a win in this league. I mean, I, I I've got one win, but I'm just getting blown out. I'm playing the wrong guys each week. Uh, I just don't have any good running backs, so if anyone needs a wide receiver, come talk to me.
1: Uh, last week I shouldn't have won; out a bad week, but this week I had a good week, so I should win. Um, yeah, but you, yeah, 160 points against you—that's that, unfortunate.
0: Well, well I can't—I can't do anything about that.
1: <laughs> you need, you, yeah, you needed Mahomes to have like a 50-pointer, and that doesn't appear to be happening. Then, yeah, you put him in, and Matt Ryan has a big. So, you know, yeah, you had points to win. Brandon Cooks and
0: Matt Ryan would have won it for you, but that, that sucks. Yeah. But granted, Mahomes is still going. Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? But, yeah, it sucks. Um, we'll see. The season's still young. We can make a, a run. I am – I shouldn't say this because I'm going to jinx myself and I and I know that it's going to inevitably change, but I have scored the most points in one of my other fantasy leagues each of the first four weeks.
1: Based on the, the running backs?
0: No, like overall. Like my points have... Like, well, mainly
1: because well, who's
0: your quarterback? Oh, your oh yes. Backs? Okay, so it's, it's a PPR league. So uh, this is the one that I was drafting that one night during the Google chat that you know David was on here. I got Alvin Kamara, Melvin Gordon, Mike Evans, Pat Mahomes, uh, who, uh, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I got jared cook as my tight end i got will lutz as my kicker i mean this this team is just loaded
1: and do you don't mean the cabin all loaded you mean good not drunk
0: yes yes i'm not uh i'm not going to to party i like beer crins i like beer I like you
1: know i do i, do, I like beer, beer.
0: I, I like beer uh
1: what a goddamn insane cycle of a man that we're going to put on the Just insanity. What an insane individual. A drunk, alleged rapist, or not a rapist, sexual assaultist, I'll
0: call him. Uh,
1: what, what a country
0: we live in. Maybe he should get uh, a checkout along with Mr., uh, Mr. Everson Griffin there. Maybe they could share a... Uh, Share a hospital room or something with one another.
1: Even Cosby. Him and Cosby should be fuck
0: me. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Uh, Cosby, Bill Cosby, uh boom bops, and the kids boom say bops. the darndest things, and the Bill Cosby show is, uh, yeah, he's in jail. That's not a good. Uh, Who oh,
1: else would be? Antonio Brown doesn't have anybody else with juju, juju, juju. Um, yep. He's not of that ilk.
0: Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard. Sorry, I can't do it.
1: Oh, but the Rams have got, uh, what have they got, Robert
0: Woods? You got Cooper. Yeah, he's the number two, Cooper but Cup. you have you have Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup. Yeah. I mean... No, thank you. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas for Denver? Probably not. Um, they're
1: number one and number two. Packers don't have anybody. Detroit doesn't have anybody.
0: Well, I mean, um, the Packers have Devontae Adams, but... Um, I'm not putting Geronimo Allison number two.
1: Um, Chiefs would be what? Tyree Kill and who else?
0: Uh, shit. Uh, Sammy Watkins? No, thank you. Um,
1: they just got a bunch of guys,
0: so. They just got a bunch of speedsters. You know, you got Travis Kelsey. I mean, if you want to include tight end, I mean, that's, then we could maybe talk about it, but, um, yeah. Number one, number two. Yep. Uh, uh, the Browns uh, Browns got screwed out of a win on Sunday, uh, talking about the the Carlos Hyde run that resulted in a first down. Uh, they measured it, and then they reviewed it and said, nope, your wrist was down. I can't tell where the wrist is down. Uh, it seemed inconclusive to me. This was also the game that uh, the Browns sacked Derek Carr, forced a fumble, and the rest blew it dead right away, saying, nope, there was no fumble. They, they must not have seen it. Uh, would have resulted in a Browns touchdown, so fantasy owners got screwed there. The Browns get screwed out of a win. Uh, they, they absolutely got jobbed. I don't know if there's any other way we can say this. The Browns got hosed.
1: That appears to be the case. Colts coach from in a bad and bad decision.
0: He would do it 10 times out of 10, though, Frank Reich. Uh, uh, went for it on fourth and four with 27 seconds left in overtime on his own 43, 44, Uh, didn't get it, and the Texans three plays later kicked the game-winning field goal and get their first win of the season. Now, I get you don't like ties, but um, that decision is going to come back and cost the Colts throughout the season. I mean, they, they weren't going to make the playoffs anyway. But if it were to happen that they make some magical run and miss the playoffs by one game or a half game, something like that, we're all going to look back to this game and say, what the hell, you stupid bastards. There were, what,
1: 37 seconds, 40 seconds left?
0: Yeah, 27. So you get
1: 27. Yep. So even if you get the first down... You're still going to have to do something. They do
0: have two timeouts left. Um.
1: So you've got, you know, four plays or so to get another 20 yards, 25 yards. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you do not pick up that first down, which they did not, and you give Houston all they need is, you know, five yards, and they kick the game winning field goal, Um, bad, bad decision. Bad decision.
0: The team says they'd love it, but uh, yeah. On the flip side, though, you have Mike Vrabel, head coach of the Titans. He goes for it on fourth and two. I believe this was in overtime. Was it overtime? Or maybe it was in the fourth quarter to come back and try and tie the game. Were they,
1: weren't they within the 10 yard line? Weren't they going for the win here?
0: Well, this was, it would have been like, it was fourth and two, and it would have been about a 50 yard field goal. so it, it worked out great. They got the first down and ultimately would beat the Eagles. Um, so that gives me a little hope for next week or for this upcoming week that the Vikings can maybe find a way to beat the Eagles, but, uh, going to be, going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But, uh, with that being said, uh, yeah, the Titan. I mean, if if Mike Vrabel, if they don't get that 4th and 2, then fans are going to be like, well, why don't you at least try the field goal? We could have had a, a tie. But, I mean, that one I think is a little more understandable than what Frank Reich did because they were in their own territory.
1: Yeah, 50-yard field goal by no means automatic. So, And uh, if you are against the Colts in that situation, would you want them to punt or would you want them to go for it?
0: Oh, I'd want them to go for it.
1: <laughs> then that tells you all you need to know whether or not that decision was right. If they punt, we end in a tie. If they go for it, still doesn't mean they win. Still doesn't mean they get to midfield.
0: I I would say uh, I want to know what my record is in this case for the Texans. They are zero and three, so they'll take a. They want to win over a tie. If they if they were like two and one then maybe it doesn't matter as much. You say, okay, I mean if you if we get the tie, you get the tie, if not if otherwise we'll certainly take the win if if you want us to, sue. but um I, I think in the case of with the Texans record uh factoring in here, yeah, they certainly they would say, Yeah, try for it. Go for it. See what happens
1: And this is a team who apparently looks to be rebuilding and they have a quarterback who and we'll see if he can make it through the year with his arm But they appear to be in no man's land At the moment
0: Yes Yep I would agree there not,
1: Yeah they're just kind of A 6-7 win team it looks like With the quarterback that May never be the same But still might be good enough to do something
0: Yeah don't listen to Colin Coward Because he said the Colts would be an 8 win team And that certainly does not look like hey, That's I played
1: Jacksonville twice uh, Tennessee twice Houston twice. Mm, yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's one guy you never want to listen to. Uh, especially when it comes to Baker Mayfield as well. The other big news though from the week: Earl Thomas breaks his yeah. leg, and uh, as he's getting carted off, his legs in an air cast. He's along the Cardinal sideline. He's the he's the safety for the Seattle Seahawks, and he gives he, he gives the finger, the middle finger, towards oh. the Seattle sideline, and um. Uh, There are those out there that are steadfast against NFL players holding out, and you know, you know, for the money because oh, they play a sport. Look how much they get paid, and all this shit. Um, But there's only a limited amount of time that they have to make their income, and if you, this is costing Earl Thomas millions of dollars this injury because the Seahawks would not give him a new deal in the offseason or trade him so you know you know what the seahawks you get what you deserve here um i mean i'm sure you know earl thomas flashing the bird to pete carroll to um schneider is that i think is their gm um i mean the to paul allen the owner that to seahawks they you know what? Anyone who says that he doesn't deserve that cash, he's throwing that middle finger up, giving them what they all deserve.
1: Apparently it was a clean break and he'll be ready for next year and be ready for free agency or whatever. So, he'll go somewhere. He should be fine, I would hope. And hopefully he makes a lot of money. Um, yeah, that's, why you, that's why you hold out. That's a big danger. Non-guaranteed contracts. Sounds like Le'Veon Bell is going to be back after the bye week, so he should be fresh and ready to go and nobody wanted to trade for him and it sounded like Seattle was getting close to a trade for Earl Thomas for like a second round pick so it looked like this was going to get done
0: potentially the with week, the Chiefs I think
1: that fucked that would have been unbelievable so kind of sucks for Seattle which I'm sure Seattle would have very much wanted to trade him
0: well maybe they should have done that free. long ago
1: probably should have but um I'll be a free agent and I'll go wherever
0: he wants. I guess the uh, he could still re-sign with Seattle, but I doubt that. that I mean that ship is probably still, that yeah. ship has sailed. That
1: ship is sailed. Guarantee that ain't going to happen. Uh, I,
0: apparently, they were saying that the the asking price of a second round pick was too high, um, but that like, was really? before. That was before. I don't. I mean, you know, when it comes to the trade deadline, you know, I mean, it, certainly, I think you look at it and say, well. Uh, this maybe is coming a little uh you know, we need a guy, especially with the Chiefs. I mean Eric Berry's been hurt and your defense sucks, so uh you wanna make your defense better, put less pressure on Pat Mahomes. Uh seemed like a reasonable deal to me. But um I
1: think draft draft picks are too val too too valued. The Vikings gave up what, one first rounder for Jared Allen?
0: A first and a, a third rounder, I believe.
1: Was that worth it?
0: Yes, it was. Yep.
1: Yes, it was to get a Hall of Fame defensive end for four or five years. Yep, that was worth it. Um, I was a big proponent a couple of years ago of like giving up a first-round pick or something for Jimmy Graham. Probably would have been a bad idea since he can't do shit if it's not with Breeze. But um, give, give these picks up proven guys. Earl Thomas is going to be 30, which is pretty damn old. But uh, And that's be maybe where the, the
0: second player? round asking price is a little high. Maybe a third rounder is uh, where they're going at, or a fourth.
1: I mean, you can get like, like Brandon Marshall traded for like a six round pick, and Moss was traded for a fourth.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, fuck, I, mean, I don't know if I'd have any draft picks left if <laughs> these teams were asking for this.
0: Remember, well, uh, remember when the Saints drafted Ricky Williams and traded their entire kids. draft class, <laughs> or, or not really, draft class, yeah. but all their picks. I Think it was, wasn't it, to the Miami Dolphins? God, oh, I, had, I had to look, but I mean, that was that was just sensational, Mike.
1: maybe Redskins.
0: Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Let, let I'll see what I can find here on that. Just I mean, that was. Seen,
1: like uh, the, the less you play, the less they know about you. Uh, the, the more valuable they are. Everybody loves potential and the unknown, but, oh, I can get a guy that I know is going to be good. I don't want him because, oh, he may not play for 10 years. Well, I don't like it.
0: Uh, it was Washington, so...
1: And I don't think they really got anything great out of that
0: call no. anyways. <laughs> no. Um Oh, and your boy, Josh Allen, really looked the part last uh, on how did Sunday.
1: on my boy do on Sunday?
0: A uh, couple of picks. He got sacked seven times. Some of his throws oh. were awful. The Twitter sphere was uh, all over this. Um, how the Vikings lost to him is just beyond me.
1: Well, they lost because of the turnovers, the blown coverage. And the, I'm, I'm blaming it on the offense.
0: And the roughing the passer penalty.
1: Yes, uh, I don't give Mister Dipshit Cowboy Dude much of the credits. <laughs> um, our boy Frank, though, really lit him up. It looks like our boy Frank had the game of his life. So Six touch
0: him. and they think he's now turning the corner. I'm like, okay, let's push the let's push pause on this what here. He's
1: driving from practice <laughs> home, or oh, turning the corner? Well, talking. apparently
0: though, if you read. Uh, um, Peter King's Football Morning in America on Pro Football Talk. Uh, he's
1: changed uh, it too? That's great. That's fantastic.
0: He was Mahomes was uh, staying after a three-hour practice and throwing long balls into a net 50 to 60 yards down the field, and he hit 10 of 12. He hit 10 of 12, Krenz. No one around him. Oh, maybe he was shuffling his feet a little bit, but uh, it's pretty easy to to, to throw it into a net when you don't have five, you know, 275-pound guys rushing at you. Frank did that? Frank did that, yes. It's in, yeah. Frank yeah. To, well, good for
1: Frank. It doesn't mean anything to me, but
0: whatever. Uh, the Bears are 3-1, and one, though, and they look uh, very good, uh, at least on defense there. That, the Khalil Mack, sure. that we talk about first-round picks. Uh the two giving up two first round picks for Khalil Mack, at least as of now, looks like a pretty wise investment from the Bears' part. But
1: and those appear not to be very high picks. If the Bears are going to maybe go five hundred, or God forbid, go ten and six in the goddamn division, yep, It'd be a nightmare. Um, that seems worth it right now. And uh,
0: yeah, good for Frank. He sucks. Uh, speaking of sucks.
1: Also, also, I mean, they, they played Arizona, Seattle, and Tampa. I mean, come
0: on. Yeah. That's that's true. That's very true.
1: Arizona is probably the worst team in football. Yes. Them in Buffalo. Yes. Them in Buffalo have a strong case to be made to if, be the shittiest.
0: If the Vikings lose to the Cardinals at home in a couple weeks, just uh, yeah. stick a fork in them, they're done. I don't anticipate that happening, though. No. Speaking of sucks, though, What sucked was the final play call for Penn State Saturday night in their game against Ohio State, fourth and five. And after a couple of timeouts, um, one call by each team. I thought maybe Penn State called two timeouts. Either way, to go with a read option in the heart or in the teeth of the Ohio State defensive line, arguably one of the, the best, you know, the top five defensive lines in the country, uh, just, it, just shit. Like, what the hell are they doing? Uh, doing that, especially when Trace McSorley has over 150 yards rushing or something close to that. At that point, he's throwing for a lot. I mean, he was your whole entire offense. You can't figure out one way to to keep the ball in his hands? I mean, that's just atrocious play calling on James Franklin's part. And for the second straight year, Penn State blows a massive lead against Ohio State. This one is 12. but The one last year was far bigger in the horseshoe um, in Columbus there. But either way, Penn State, what the hell? What the hell?
1: It started well, but then he handed it off and there was nowhere to go. Maybe if you want to do that, you want to run the RPO. The, uh, fucking RPO. Yeah, run so pass so option. Fake, maybe fake the handoff, and then you roll the quarterback outside so that he can either run, which he did 20, 25 times for 150 yards or whatever, or he also has an option to pass. So I would have gotten him to the outside uh, with that option to run or pass. Uh, but yeah, that was bad. Um, first half was... Penn State domination, and I think they were up by six at halftime. They absolutely steamrolled that team. Uh, Ohio State couldn't get a first down, and when it's all said and done, it's a six point lead. Then uh, Ohio State's offense finally picks up in the second half. And just uh, just another, you know, the, 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 the fourth quarter was entertaining. Uh, the rest of the game I could have done without.
0: Unfortunately, now it looks like Ohio State. I mean, is just geared up for a massive run here. The next four weeks, there's no one worth, worthy of competition. Then you have at Michigan State, that'll be a tough one, and then you're home to Michigan there, the you know on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So, I mean, Ohio State. I, I think a lot of people, certainly myself, uh, don't. We don't want. I don't want to. Ohio State to be successful because of the, the shit that Urban Myers pulled there and uh, the the suspension or the, the punishment or lack thereof that he got. But I mean, they look look totally legit. My pick of Wisconsin does not look very good at this point. Um, but if it is Wisconsin and Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game again, which I would presume that it will be, uh, good good luck Wisconsin. Good luck.
1: Yeah, I don't foresee Ohio State I mean if they got to play Georgia or Alabama I don't don't see that going well
0: I I would agree but I'm saying to get to the college football playoff I think they have a pretty easy uh, uh, way to go here sure this is probably the the,
1: the, the, uh, toughest game I thought Penn State would win I had Penn State in the playoff based on winning this game that did not happen um, Iowa State had a fourth down. There were a couple of questionable fourth down uh, situations. Or if they didn't go for they'd have to forget. But, uh, so there's some more fourth down shenanigans that people forget about in that
0: game. So they when Notre Dame kicks the, the crap out of Stanford late. It was a fairly close game, and then eventually Notre Dame pulled away. West Virginia uh, is legit. They go to Texas Tech and beat... Texas Tech um, so that was a big win for them there uh, how legitimate is this West Virginia squad
1: they're very good they're uh, what in close to the top 10 they're probably second best team Texas i put maybe three but um, yeah the last game of the year is Oklahoma and West Virginia so maybe we see them that week and then maybe we see them in the Big 12 foul game uh, the next week. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, the Texas tech quarterback, I think is still in the hospital.
0: He is. Yes.
1: Collaps long. So that was not good. Uh, their backup though, there's jet, uh, jet Duffy, little, uh, little dude ran around. He was, uh, he had one hell of a run. Looked like, um, kind of like, a, it was kind of like the Michael Vick Vikings run, but it was up the sideline and he kind of slipped past two guys. Uh, very impressive. Um, so it's sounds like he'll probably get uh, a few starts since the starter had a collapsed lung I don't think that's uh, something to recover from all that quick but uh, so uh, maybe a, a different sort of quarterback for Texas Tech they almost almost a great comeback that was a good second half
0: and Kentucky ranked 13th in the country huh? uh, what a world we live in Grins, when Kentucky is considered huh? a top 15 team in college football
1: one guy had them ranked 8. <laughs> One guy had Clemson 7, Kentucky 8, and, like, West Virginia 9. It was the lowest of any Clemson, the lowest anybody put Clemson, and the highest anybody put Kentucky. So that tells you what he thinks of that. I hope they beat A M and m this week on the road. I don't think they will. But if they do... They should be, even no hosting Georgia in about a month. So that's what I would like to happen.
0: And College Game Day that's will be in Lexington for that, if that happens.
1: I don't know what other game is that day. I don't know if that's, uh, maybe that's an Alabama-LSU week. I don't know, but if it's not,
0: yeah, that's that's got to be your game. Uh, let's, let's see here. That would be, uh, could be week eight here, week nine. Oh, I'm pulling it up right now.
1: At least four weeks from now. So it's right around Alabama-LSU.
0: Yeah, I think because Alabama plays at Tennessee Saturday, October 27th. Or Saturday, October 20th, excuse me. We're, we're pulling up week nine. Eventually. So that could be a problem. It could. It could. But what if LSU loses a game at that point? I mean, you,
1: you how can even if they, even if they're even if they're only a one loss in that'll I mean, hell of Alabama Ellis
0: How can you turn down? I mean, that LSU Alabama game is always played at night on on CBS. CBS. So it's not like you would be able to do the game. Maybe, uh, you know what, like Kentucky Georgia would probably be the the early game, the two thirty game on on CBS. But um, let's go for it. Yep. Let let. Uh, what have they got to lose? I, I want to see it happen. I really do. Um, so we will see it. Uh, nope, nope, here we... Oh, yes, it's sa- Saturday, November 3rd. Damn it, uh, Alabama and LSU. So... So much for that. That sucks.
1: So much for that.
0: That oh, This Saturday, November 3rd, though, that slate, if you want some... You have some good games potentially... Potentially. Uh, let me let me run through some of these games here. Alabama at LSU. Georgia oh, yeah. at Kentucky. Maybe. Yes. Uh, Oklahoma, at Texas, Oklahoma at Texas. Oklahoma yeah. at Texas Tech. Not great, uh, but okay. Texas A&M at Auburn. Somewhat okay. West Virginia at Texas. Sign
1: up. Find Stanford
0: me up. at Washington to decide the Pac-12 no, North. That.
1: If that interests you, that's fine.
0: Penn State at Michigan
1: should be 17 to 10. I'll watch it, sure.
0: Uh, so that is a great slate. Oh, and the biggest one of all, Minnesota at Illinois. Uh, and I Iowa- watched
1: that in person last year. I thought it's tough to high up. <laughs>
0: uh, Iowa State at Kansas. So uh, that's, yeah, that's big. 1,098 tickets available, as low as seven dollars for that Iowa State Kansas game. So. At Kansas? At Kansas. Yep.
1: I'll say there's more than a thousand out there. <laughs> there will not be. There, there will be more than a thousand empty seats.
0: I'd be willing to guess that you are right on that. Uh, any other college football thoughts uh, from you? I
1: was excited for the week, and again, I just didn't
0: do it for me again. Did you it's watch? Like, goddamn! Did you watch SDSU lose the Dakota Marker? Not really. No. It sucked. Um, uh, They—they're just like the Vikings. They give you false hope. The Isaac Walsh gives the Jackrabbits a 17-14 lead, and then NDSU comes down and scores right after that. I mean, the the Jacks had a great chance uh, early in this game. Here, they're up seven nothing. They're in the red zone. It's third down, and Taryn Christian throws an interception in the end zone. Uh, inexplicable. You—you you just can't make that throw uh could have been up 10 nothing maybe 14 nothing i think it changes the entire complexion of the game having said that christian looked far better than easton stick but easton stick made several big runs including the third and 21 i just it converts the jackrabbits third down defense against north dakota state uh is just an abomination but having having said that the defense did play well and you hold up as well as you do against the number one team in the country, so the Jacks look like they're going to... They, they should win the rest of their games here going out.
1: They might win and lose one, maybe. Illinois State, I'm looking at that. Northern, Northern Iowa, I'm looking at that.
0: Pretend, yes, yeah, but I. I mean... I certainly think they have a good shot. Two, uh, they have a they have a decent chance to to go undefeated the rest of the way. Yes, but we will see. Uh, finally, last thing I have here, the Ryder Cup was this weekend, and in uh, Le Golf National, and uh, just outside of Paris, and Team Europe whooped the Americans. Tiger Woods went zero for four. Phil, Phil Mickelson sucks, uh, and Francesco Molinari, your Open oh. Championship winner, went a perfect what four and zero or five and zero? Unbelievable run that he had, uh, and just it. You know what? I heard I heard them say it on the telecast. The no American was better than I think ranked ninety third in driving accuracy for the year. That was the best American that we or that that we had that that America had for driving accuracy. If you aren't accurate, because the rough on this course was as bad as a as a rough at a U.S. Open, and the inability for Team USA to not hit the ball in the fairway. Uh, it cost them. It, it absolutely cost them. You have to be accurate here. So maybe next time, whoever's the captain, uh, probably won't be Furek. Hopefully, it's not Furek. Uh, will pick guys who are accurate off the tee.
1: Seemed to be an issue. It was. So, uh, Fowler put one on the water uh, The drive.
0: Yeah. It just was not good. Uh, so, what? 17.5 to 10 or something like that. Either way, you're whoops. Whoops! The U.S. Yes. At, it's at Whistling Straits in Kohler, Wisconsin, so right off Lake Michigan oh. here. Um, so, uh, yep. And if it's anything like what this next weekend's going to be, woo! Uh, breezy and forty uh, in a couple of yes. years there. That's going to be phenomenal. And aft. And aft. So, oh, uh, anything else from you before we say so long?
1: Uh, I mentioned a week or so ago, John Smoltz wanted to make the the races more exciting.
0: No, you didn't mention this. What what was his, uh, what what does he want? Because
1: obviously two divisions being tied at the end of the year was not exciting enough. Um, So it was poorly timed that this came out like a week before that. He said there wasn't enough exciting races. So, he wanted to do it like the minor leagues does, break it up into two halves. You have a first half winner, second half winner. Then they play each other uh, basically at the end of the year, like a three game series or whatever it would be. So, so, like Houston would be the West winner first half, Oakland won it in the second half. They would play each other, uh, I guess, to determine the division winner. I don't like that. That's dumb. I like the way it is now. Yeah, I don't, I, I, it's not going to change. Uh, Everything's going to stay the same. If they had two more teams here in a couple of years, which I think they will, I don't like that, but I think they're just going to have, that's just what's going to happen. I think they're going to go to the NFL division formula, so they'll change. Uh, One interesting idea for the wild card, instead of making it a one game series, uh, you don't make it a three game series, you make it a two game series. Whatever team has the worst record has to win two games. Every team has the best record, only has to win one. So hmm. you give an advantage to the team with the best record. Um, is it, if, if, if this was last year, you'd have the Yankees at 100 wins and the Twins at like 86, which is a large gap. Uh, this year it's not a problem because Oakland won 97. But uh, it's not your shame. I thought it was an interesting idea.
0: Yeah, no, I, I like that. Um, I like that proposal. Uh, that reminded me, I was going to. Say something about um, John Smoltz, but I... It, the, the, the you should thought, stick the golf, you should stick. You uh, should stick that, to golf. the golf. The thought escapes me. Um, yeah, oh, all right, now I remember what I was going to say. It has nothing to do with Smoltz. Uh, the the two game 163s were on ESPN on Monday. Yes. I'm sure there's uh, something that, you know, contract, like, contract-wise uh is why ESPN got these but I think it should have gone to TBS
1: I don't know what I guess it was 10 years ago you had Twins Tigers game 163 which I assume would have been played on a Monday but there was Monday Night Football that night at the Metrodome so I assume that's why it was on a Tuesday and not a Monday like these games were and uh, yes like ESPN they get all tiebreakers they get both uh they one of the wild card games. So oh, yeah, just, I think it just, you know, for programming reasons or whatever.
0: I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I just, I wish they had kept it on, uh, or they would have put it on TBS because then, because you're starting these games. The, the Cubs Brewers game was at noon, and, dot, and Rockies Dodgers was at noon, Pacific time, oh. three p.m. Se- or, what, no, one o'clock, 1 o'clock Pacific time. 3 p.m. Central uh, Standard Time. It Was early, but it, you could see the the upper deck in LA was empty. It's not good. So. Hey, one o'clock day. And I'm not gonna blame LA fans. It's not the oh LA's you know, they, like they're just being late late to the to the party. No, I mean how <laughs> you're you're asking people to go to a game at one o'clock local time. It, it just doesn't make any sense.
1: With the NBA starting in like 17 days, usually the baseball is done and then the basketball starts. But here we're gonna have two weeks of NBA as this playoff continues. Um, Brian Anderson, who we like, he's gonna be doing games. Uh, I think the American League games on TBS. Bernie Johnson had blood clots in his legs, we can't fly. So, he won't be doing any baseball.
0: Really? Uh, that's, the, that's a that's shame. The
1: announcer said. That's, uh, hopefully, he's better uh, for the NBA season here in two weeks.
0: Because I do like Ernie Johnson, and I don't mind him on the baseball coverage.
1: He's fine there,
0: yeah.
1: Um, so, I mean, you know, Brian Anderson is going to be uh, with the you know Red Sox Yankees. So.
0: Very good. We look forward to Brian Anderson, who's, I think, one of the best announcers in the game. One of the more under-the-radar guys. Um for sure. So we'll see how it goes. Brewers
1: and Brian Anderson.
0: Yes. Yeah, so he's got something at stake. So he can't even call the Brewers games. That's a that's the shits. Um quickly, NHL season. Uh the puck drops on the NHL season on Wednesday. Uh Alex Ovechkin, I'm sure, will be doing more keg stands. Uh as the uh, banner is raised there in Washington on Wednesday night. I think they're taking on the Bruins. But uh, who are your, what's, what's your Stanley Cup final pick? We're going to try and get Marcus on the podcast here to, to preview the NHL season with me. But what's, what's your pick uh, for what's happening in the, in the hockey?
1: Detroit has seemed to have become one of the worst teams in, in the league the last couple of years. Yes, so. they suck. Well, they can go to hell now. Uh, we got hop on Vegas. Uh, Vegas replaces Detroit. And as always, I'll pick Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh over Vegas.
0: Very good. Very good, uh, Charlie. I believe uh, in the chat picked Columbus, San Jose. Uh, San Jose is a team to watch out for this year for sure. Um, so we'll see. I might pick a Winnipeg, San Jose Western Conference final, which will excite absolutely no one. We'll hope that's not the case. We'll hope that's uh, that you can get two teams that people give a shit about, like the Wild. <laughs> Just kidding. Nashville. Yeah. Nashville. That's where it's at. Nashville. But uh, we'll see. We'll get. We'll talk with Marcus here about the NHL season, which starts on Wednesday. Just it just ended.
1: It's such a long year. It is.
0: I mean, yeah. It's the hockey season just ended, and uh, here we go again. So fantastic stuff. Anything else before we say so long?
1: Should be it. The weather's getting cooler. Volleyball's bumping along here, and
0: uh, and how's Mitchell doing?
1: Doing well, they're fifth in the polls, fourth in the points. Polls don't matter; the points matter, so they're fourth in that. And I think we only got about three weeks to go until playoffs start. Three, four weeks to go for football playoffs. So, oh my gosh! Uh, very quick, quick, good time of year.
0: Yes, it is, no doubt about it. Good time of year for sports in general, high school, collegiate, and professional. Thank you, my friend. We'll, we'll talk to you next week. Nathan
1: Stackin, he loves apples and beer.
0: I do. I love I love a lot of things beyond that too. But uh apples and beer uh, combine that for Red's apple ale, it's quite delicious. Donuts donuts. <laughs> uh, but I'm not running for Supreme Court, so Okay. Maybe I should That's a good though. idea. Maybe I should. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Crins.
1: Alright, we'll see you later.
0: Travis Crins joining us here, Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time. <phone rings> and perspective. As always, we do have a loaded show here for you, uh, so sit back here. we probably got close to three hours of talk coming up here because uh, next, we have Charlie Hildebrand or, or Marcus Traxler. We're going to try and get both on the podcast. Charlie's going to talk college football. Marcus is going to talk NHL. We'll get the pick, or we'll, we'll look back at week, three, week four in the NFL, make some picks for week five, as we always do. So, uh, a loaded podcast here. A very long podcast, much longer than what we've had in previous weeks here. So, uh, get ready uh, because a good show is coming here. You can always find the Sports Block podcast available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter at ndstack, and uh, you can follow Travis as well. I believe it's he's at Travis Krins on Twitter. Uh, so definitely, uh, do yourself a favor. It's a uh, good stuff. As always, so do that. uh, But we have a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of the week. So coming up next here, Charlie and or Marcus. Just depends on how the schedule goes. Depends on who calls first. It's a battle. College football or hockey? What wins out? We'll find out next year on the Sports Block Podcast. All right. We continue here on the Sports Block Podcast. And, uh, of course... Good friend, Mr. Charlie Hildebrand from the Sioux City Journal. Kind enough to join us here. You heard him on our college football uh, podcast preview extraordinaire. Uh, three straight weeks, I believe, you're on, Charlie. You haven't been on since then, so it's good to have you back. Uh, how have you been?
1: I've been good. Obviously, all my preseason predictions are correct, and everything's on track. Obviously, both Washington and Wisconsin are going to win their conferences and be in the playoffs.
0: Well, they still up a chance, so I, I mean... Don't they?
1: Oh, they have a chance. Not I
0: a think great Wisconsin one, but
1: less likely than Washington. Right. I mean, Wisconsin more likely if they went out, but they're less likely to win out.
0: Does that? Uh, does the fact that Washington beat BYU help them better be- after uh, BYU beat Wisconsin?
1: I mean, I think it helps, but I mean, it's it's just going to come down to the, they've got to win every game the rest of the year and win the Pac-12 title to go, let's see, it's 12 games and then a conference title, so they've got to be 12-1. and 1. If Washington's 12-1, and 1, they will almost certainly be in. They have more than one loss. They're not going to get in unless it's just a weird year where there's only like two or three teams with one
0: loss or less. Yeah, and we could certainly get that, but there are certainly a few teams that have really uh, stood out uh, amongst them. I mean, Alabama looks unbeatable. Uh, Ohio State with an impressive win over Penn State. Here, uh, Oklahoma, that game against Army side has looked very good. So uh, a number of teams, though, have done a pretty good job. Who are the teams that have st- stood out to you most so far through five weeks of the college football season?
1: I would kind of put it in tiers where there's good teams, there's like great elite teams, and then there's Alabama. I think Alabama's in the category all by themselves right now. Where, I mean, they've always been good, but now they've got a dynamic offense with a dynamic quarterback who can run and throw and they can do everything. And, like, I'm not going to say it's all over, but it seems unlikely that anyone else is going to win a title this year. Besides Alabama. Uh, the next tier after that, I would put in, you know, I'd put in Georgia, Clemson, and Ohio State, and Oklahoma. I mean, I think talent-wise and the way they looked on Saturday, that Penn State might be there, but with a loss already, you know, the odds of them making the playoff I think are incredibly low now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. I mean, I think those are... I, I mean, if you want to throw in Auburn, I mean, they didn't look great this past week, but throw in Auburn, and I think those are maybe... The teams that have a chance to win the national title. I think mean, there's a lot of other teams that could make the playoffs, but I think those six or seven teams I mentioned are the ones that could truly win the entire thing. What has sur- like,
0: you know? What has surprised you most from this college football season in terms of what you maybe? teams or some, or even players, someone, something that you thought, oh, this is going to happen, and it's turned out and gone completely the opposite way uh, in terms of going wrong versus going right?
1: I'll give you one on both ends of the spectrum, sure. and they're in the same state. And if you stay to Arizona, and I thought Arizona would be pretty good and Khalil Tate would pick up just where he left off last year with Kevin Sumlin, who's had plenty of great offenses at next A&M and they have been terrible. Kate I, I, was hurt. I honestly don't know if he's still hurt now. I haven't watched Arizona in the last few weeks. They were so bad early in the year. But clearly, picking Arizona to win the Pac-12 South, that's not going to work out. And then I think you and me and a lot of people all thought that Arizona State, when they weren't all that good last year, and hired Herm Edwards, who was at best a mediocre NFL head coach and hadn't coached in the decade and it probably wouldn't work out well. And, you know, there's a lot of time to go, and I'm not saying he's going to win a national title or anything, but it looks like Herb might be in in, uh, in Arizona a little longer than we thought.
0: Yes, yeah, he certainly has done a, a good job there. And, yeah, it, you know, I think everyone thought that Kevin Sumlin with the first year, that Arizona would, if, if not win the Pac-12 South, at least push USC. And they still could, but that, that Pac-12 South just looks Awful. I mean, yes, Colorado. Looks, yeah, it was bad. I mean, Colorado may be legit, but I, I mean, just truly, how legit are they? I mean, UCLA is winless. Arizona's uh, failed to meet expectations. USC is struggling. It just—it's—it's it's just bad. That is a bad, bad division.
1: Whoever wins the Pac-12 North, I don't think anybody's going to pick them to lose in the in the title
0: game. No, no.
1: That—that that, that couldn't happen. But at this point, that would seem, you know. That would seem like a monumental upset, like when, uh, I mean, I like when undefeated Oklahoma lost to Kansas State, in, whatever, like 2003 or whatever. It would be an upset of that proportion when a conference title game.
0: Yep, I agree there wholeheartedly. Uh, out of all the games that you have seen so far, that you know that, that have taken place, what has been the most surprising result that you have seen so far this year?
1: Out of every game, hmm, let's see, I'm going to try to run through my head pretty quick here so I don't take up, you know, 20 seconds of dead air just thinking really hard. Um,
0: I realize I do. I did put you on the spot here.
1: No, that's that's. I don't know if this is the one I want to use because both these teams aren't very good and it's not going to matter in the grand scheme of things. But the way Kansas just absolutely annihilated Rutgers, I think, was pretty sm- Like, I don't think any of us were stunned that Kansas won. But, like, the way they just took them behind the tool shed mm-hmm. and annihilated them was quite surprising. There's a, a, okay, thinking more about it, here's a better answer. This is the one that surprised me the most. And it's more surprising now. It was surprising at the time. It's more surprising a month later. The game from week one. Texas lost to Maryland, and Texas has looked really good ever since then. Mm-hmm. And Maryland looks like trash
0: now. So yep. thinking
1: about it a little bit more and running through teams, that is the one that is still
0: the most surprising. I'll give you two uh, involving the same team, but maybe now it doesn't look. The first result doesn't look quite so um, stunning. Uh, week one, that Monday night when Virginia Tech. Destroyed Florida State. We're like, whoa, what? I mean, what is this? I mean, Florida State looks really bad, and, and Virginia Tech looked really good. Uh, and then Virginia Tech a couple weeks ago losing to Old Dominion in Old Dominion in Richmond, and not just losing, but giving up what like 28 points in the fourth quarter. I and mean, that's just not Virginia Tech football. And I say this, you know, they obviously I'm a Hokie fan, but. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to be biased here, but that I mean that just that to me, you, you can't give up 28 points to Old Dominion, a winless Old Dominion team. That just doesn't happen. Not when you were the 13th ranked team in the country. That that shit's a little ridiculous. It's
1: a winless Old Dominion team that in the second quarter, their backup quarterback, came in, and then he threw a
0: 400.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that one. I think that's valid. That's the most surprising. Um, and Like you said, I don't think Virginia Tech-Florida State that the result was that surprising. I think how inept Florida state was surprising, but in what we've seen since then, you know, for like other than Herb Edwards, it seems like basically every Power 5 coach who is in his first year with a new school has either been really bad or at least started really bad. I mean, Dan Mullen lost to Kentucky, mm-hmm. and that was interesting, and it ended that long streak. Now, Kentucky's kept winning, and I think Florida's won every name since then. So it doesn't look as bad now. But, yeah, for the uh, the new coaches, it's not been great. It does not look great at Florida State right now.
0: Who, uh, who did you pick for your Heisman Trophy winner again?
1: My recollection is I had two written down. It was Khalil Tate and Bryce Love of Stanford. And I think both for the Sports Lounge podcast and the Sports Block podcast for both of them I just picked the one that the other people didn't pick
0: so I'm guessing so it was I, Khalil Tate.
1: One, I picked Khalil Tate
0: mm-hmm.
1: either way there's, there's zero chance Khalil Tate wins it
0: who, who and, in your mind I, so, mean,
1: Bryce, well, I don't know if Bryce Love has zero chance but he's not gonna win it either
0: no I would agree with that who in your mind is the Heisman Trophy favorite at this point
1: that's a good question I don't like giving out Heisman trophies early because so many things can change. Mm-hmm. But, and even though they haven't really played anybody good yet, so you don't want to read too much into it, it feels like Tua Tagovailoa from Alabama maybe, and if not him, I guess either maybe Will, Will Greer out of West Virginia or Kyler Murray out of Oklahoma. Um, I'd probably throw those three. I know... Uh, front of the program, Travis Krenz tossed uh, Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins in there. I think mm-hmm. that's a reasonable choice as well. Uh, he said those were the four front runners as of now, and I would probably agree with that, and I think there's about a 70 or 80% chance that one of those guys went
0: the the trophy. Speaking of Will Greer in West Virginia, they had a big win this week at Texas Tech down in Lubbock there. Um, They've looked really good so far this year. Their offense uh, is clearly great. You, know, you have David Sills, the fifth. You have Will Greer. So, I mean, this is this seems like a team that is uh, going to be a force to be reckoned with in the Big 12 this year. Kind of as we expect. We really wanted to see that offense. But they are competing with, it's them, Oklahoma, and Texas, not in not necessarily in that order. You'd probably put Oklahoma number one. But it's those three teams, and then it feels like everyone else in the Big 12, wouldn't you say?
1: I would agree with that. Those two seem like the best. You know, Texas has come so far since that opening week loss to Maryland. Uh, And, you know, Oklahoma's great. They, They probably seem like they might have the worst defense of the three, but maybe the best. I don't know if I'd say the best offense, but the best in terms of the most versatile. That their quarterback's also really good at running. And, you know, I really like West Virginia. You know, like you mentioned, Will Greer, quarterback, they're really good. They're kind of streaky at times where, you know, both against Texas Tech and against, uh, I forget who else it was, Tennessee or maybe someone else they play. They kind of have stretches where they don't do a lot on offense, but they make up for it by being incredibly explosive and really good when they're not in kind of those brief punks. You know, I think I mentioned this in the preseason when we did it, that I think West Virginia, just by the nature of geography, has the best home field advantage in the Big 12. Mm -hmm. Like, what are their fan bases allowed it. I don't know. But because everyone has to travel so far to get there, that's quite advantageous.
0: But it's also a disadvantage uh, for them when they have to travel on the road, and they did travel the furthest I think they possibly could go, which would have been to Lubbock. Uh, so I thought,
1: yeah, I think that's the furthest away, if I remember right.
0: Yeah. So I was impressed that they were able to come away with the win in Lubbock. I had picked Texas Tech this week, or when we had when we did our uh, picks for the week, I thought Texas Tech would beat them. Um, so it was kind of a show me something, show me game West Virginia. And they certainly showed me something.
1: I mean, I also picked Texas Tech. I mean, partially just because they were playing at home, and you know, West Virginia at times doesn't fare well on the road. But yeah, they, I don't know if they're going to win the conference, but they've got a great shot. I would put Oklahoma and West Virginia at a slightly higher than level than Texas right now. Mm-hmm. Fair or not fair, I mean, just because Texas lost, and I kind of want to see a little more from Texas based off the last you know four or five years. Yeah, I like think it's going to be those three. I don't remember off the top of my head where West Virginia or when they play those two and if they're home or on the road. But, you know, with with their offense, they got a shot against, I mean, not just anyone in the conference, but probably just about anybody in the country. I mean, I don't, I don't think they'd beat Alabama or Ohio State or, you know, Georgia or Clemson, but they probably could beat just about anybody else.
0: Well, let me tell you who they, or when they play, Texas, uh, they are at Texas November 3rd, and they are home to Oklahoma November 23rd, so that's the last week of the season, and that would be a hell of a game uh, there uh, for that. So, I feel
1: like there's going to be large Big 12 title game implications in that last regular season.
0: It very well could there's
1: be. a strong possibility that they'll just play the next week again.
0: Right, and we saw that last year in the Mountain West Conference champion, or in the Mountain West where Boise State and San Diego State met, I believe. Wasn't it those two in the in the regular season finale and then the the Mountain West Championship?
1: I honestly don't remember off the top of my head what it was. I, I know it happened in the Pac-12 a few years ago where UCLA and Stanford played in the same game two weeks in a row.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it... it so, I mean if that were to happen, uh, which I could certainly see it happening I, that would be very interesting. I, I mean I think the big 12 has set itself up where their top three are arguably as good as any other conference's top three. I mean big Ten hey, por- yes, I think you you know big Ten you have Ohio State, Michigan and you know Penn State you can put in Wisconsin as well the SEC of course you have Alabama, you have Georgia. You have, uh, I mean, Kentucky's ranked 13th for crying out loud. LSU, Auburn, uh, probably take those three there. But, you know, honestly, with the way West Virginia and Oklahoma and Texas are playing, I think it's just going to be fascinating to see how the Big 12 plays out.
1: I agree. Uh, there have been a lot of times where the Big 12 or the Pac-12 have not been as good as the other three conferences. We'll see how it shapes out this year. But ultimately, you know, I think who the best conference is, which is usually going to be the SEC, maybe isn't as interesting as some people make it out to be. there not as important as some people make it out to be. I think I think the Pac-12 North is going to be quite interesting, and I think the Big 12 race is going to be interesting. And ultimately, college football is supposed to be fun. So, you know, how those play out, it should be quite entertaining to watch.
0: So we talked about West Virginia and Texas Tech here. Charlie Hildebrand with us from the Sioux City Journal. Uh, talking some college football with us here. Uh, some other results, some key results here from last week. Notre Dame just kicked the crap out of Stanford here. It was back and forth for a while, and then Notre Dame pulled away in the second half there. How legitimate is this uh, Notre Dame team it seemed like they were kind of teetering for a little bit with uh, Brandon Winbush at quarterback but now this Ian Book comes in and he is uh, he's played really really well he almost I mean Notre Dame is, looks like a completely different team in the last two weeks with him at quarterback
1: yeah they look a lot better I mean I think in terms of like how real are they like I don't know if they're beat Alabama in the national title game real but they're definitely good enough to make the playoffs And, I mean, I think ultimately that, I think other than Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State, maybe Georgia, like any other team, your goal should just be to make the playoffs. Do what you can when you get there, but, you know, I I think it's of a reach to say your goal is to win the whole thing. Anyways, with that out of the way, I would just say that, I mean, I think Notre Dame's definitely good enough to make it there. Their schedule, I mean, at the beginning of the year, it looks like they had a few tough games. Some of those games don't look nearly as difficult now. You know, I mean, I guess two of them were Michigan and Stanford, which are already out of the way that they won. They've got a tough game at your uh, Virginia Tech Hokies. Mm -hmm. After that, though, there's not a lot else. I mean, USC doesn't look very good. I mean, I'm not saying that it's a guaranteed win, because I think it's at USC. But that does not look nearly as daunting as before. And, uh... You know, after that, Syracuse may maybe their next toughest game, who so, had not been to a bowl game in like the last three or four years. So, I mean, I think Notre Dame, let, let's put it this way. You didn't ask me that, but if you were going to say right now you can change your mind what four teams do you want in the playoff, I would have Notre Dame in the playoff.
0: That. Does an undefeated Notre Dame team make the playoff if, let's say, if over a one-loss Let's see. I'm
1: assuming you want to know if a one-loss team. There's zero chance right. of an undefeated Notre Dame team doesn't get in.
0: Okay, that, and that's what I wanted to know. I mean, like you say, we think that they have a good schedule. I mean, but... the
1: only way it could possibly happen is, is you would need four other undefeated Power 5 teams, and that's just not going to happen. Right. In our lifetime, there's never been more than three undefeated Power 5 teams, at, you know, prior to bowling. Mean,
0: you mentioned Syracuse. They really played Clemson tough. Clemson ultimately pulled out a, or squeaked out a win there. Uh, who, uh, Trevor Lawrence, he got hurt. That uh, is the quarterback, right? Trevor Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Okay. Just want to make Being sure. Sustained an
1: injury. To, uh, I don't about it, to his head or his neck, and well, it... I don't know how long he's going to be out. Hopefully, not that long.
0: Right. And but this comes on the heels of Kelly Bryant. Uh, you know, after Trevor Lawrence, the the freshman who that was touted he's highly praised after Clemson named him the starter Dabo Sweeney did uh Kelly Bryant the former starting quarterback comes out and says yeah I'm gonna transfer I don't want to be here anymore and that's he's well within his right I guess I mean I didn't think his play necessarily dictated that he should be pulled from the starter but uh apparently that's what Dabo Sweeney and the, the Clemson staff thought of so in light of this now, in light of this injury to Lawrence, and now with Kelly Bryant going, uh, is Clemson kind of on a, not not thin ice necessarily, but um, things are 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 not uh, going to be quite as easy as maybe they thought it would be.
1: I mean, no, probably not. But like I said, I mean, we don't know how long Lawrence is out for. Right. If this is something where you know. It was an, it, it turns out he didn't even really have a concussion in the first place and I, I think he I think that's what they said he had but I don't even remember so I don't want to assume but I mean let's say that it, it turned out it was just precautionary and he's fine and he can play again this next Saturday then I don't know if I'd be all that worried at least throughout the rest of the regular season Um but if he's out for a while, then it, then it changes things. I know we looked up their schedule earlier. Uh, I think they play at Wake Forest this next
0: week. Yep.
1: Yeah, where if, if Trevor Lawrence doesn't play, I mean, I'm not saying that. That means that they're, they're an underdog or anything, but it's tougher to win on the road. they got to play NC State the week after that. And NC State, who maybe isn't great, but certainly isn't bad. And I think those would you could be a bit worrisome without Lawrence, but the week after that if he would still be out then you know, then you got bigger issues. But I know the week after that they play Florida State and I just Florida State looks absolutely terrible. So yeah, I think that I think as long as you can score seven or if you can score ten points in your defense, you got a good chance to beat Florida State. I think Clemson can score ten.
0: I I would agree with that there. Uh where do you think Kelly Bryant will transfer to?
1: That's a good question. I mean, it will be somewhere where uh, they like to run the quarterback because he's a better runner than he is a thrower. He's not a great passer, which is why Warren is the starter now. But, you know, like uh, UCLA starting a freshman quarterback, so I don't think he'd necessarily go there. But I think somewhere that runs an offense kind of like UCLA. Like, I, I don't know that, you know, Penn State's got a guy that, back up, that backs up Dick that that they kind of like, so I don't know that he'd go to Penn State, but, you know, I think maybe someone that runs an offense like that. Uh, Florida, well, I could see Florida with Dan Mullen, or Mississippi State, because their quarterback, Nick, Nick Fitzgerald, is a senior, but I, I like. I, but maybe I'm wrong, I, I would think he would, you know, if you're at Clemson, it would be tough to leave Clemson and go to somewhere, you know, like... Cincinnati or Buffalo where not only do you not have a chance to win a title but like you're not even at a big name school Like right. I I don't know anything about him but I would assume he would at least want to go to a power five school
0: somewhere especially with uh, as highly touted of a quarterback or as a, of, as a kid of, like he is I think you have to. You would have to go to one of those big schools you know West Virginia Arkansas Mississippi State some, something like that I mean, he's, he's too talented to not go to a Power 5 school. Um, but as I mentioned, Syracuse played them tough. Is uh, is Syracuse legit? I'm not saying this to be difficult, but what do
1: you mean? How, how are you defining legit in this situation? Like, like win the ACC legit? I don't think they're that good. But, like, win eight games? I think they're good <coughs> enough to win eight games.
0: Certainly they have surprised through this uh, to this point. Um, so I guess I like going forward here, just how viable are they in terms of, um, if not winning the ACC, um, but the Atlantic or the coastal or whatever, um, just what do you think their prospects are for this season in terms of what sort of bowl game can they get to? Are they going to be in one of those bigger bowl games than, uh, you know, and not the, you know, the, the independence bowl or the, you know, the, the Arizona bowl, a bowl like that.
1: I I don't remember all of the ACC's bowl obligations and who's slated where off the top of my head, but I I know that Clemson's got a strong shot to make the playoffs, so if they make the playoffs, another ACC team has to play in a New Year's Six Bowl, so it's got to be somebody. I don't think that would be Syracuse, because I don't think they're going to get you know 10 or 11 wins, which they probably need to. I think someone like Virginia Tech or Miami Mm -hmm. would be more likely to do that. But uh, like I said, I think Syracuse is good enough to get to eight. I don't know. Nine seems maybe a bit high, but their schedule isn't terribly difficult. I think nine's possible. And at that point, I mean, I'm trying to think of some bowl games. And they changed it a few years ago, so some of them might I forget the order of, but right. um, like, like, I think they're, they're going to be better than the 10-strike bowl. Like, I don't I don't think they're going to be in New York. It's going to be somewhere better than that.
0: Well, that, that'd that be good. Yeah, you got to reward a northern team. They'd
1: want to play in the 10-strike bowl because they get more fans there because they wouldn't have to go as far. I don't know.
0: That Maybe. Maybe a nice trip to New York City. There Actually, that I think about it,
1: that's a joke. There's, there's, there's no way. If they're in Turkey, where it's cold in the winter, they definitely want to go play a bowl game.
0: Yeah, bowl they they want to go south. They they gladly go to the Popeyes Bahamas Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, finally, before we get to the the game that's uh, swept the nation for the last couple of years here, uh, Penn State, Ohio State, remarkable game yesterday. Penn or on Saturday, Penn State goes out to you know get to. Lead Their defense is playing wonderful. They have a 26-14 lead in the fourth quarter. Trace McSorley is running and throwing all over the Ohio State Buckeyes. But then Ohio State comes roaring right uh, back. They score a touchdown quick, then force a punt, then go 96 yards in eight plays in what seemed like the blink of an eye. They ultimately hang on to win, thanks in part to just a terrible call on fourth and five, a read zone option, and it just... Absolutely terrible play call there by James Franklin, the head coach and in, in Penn State. He took full responsibility for it. But uh, Penn State lost 27-26. So a crippling, uh, crushing loss for Penn State. But this was just a magnificent game in general. And looking at Ohio State and the way they came back, it I, it pains me to say it because I can't stand them. Especially after the whole Urban Meyer um, fiasco and Ryan Smith stuff that went down in the offseason. But... I mean, this Ohio State team looks very legit.
1: They look good. Uh, I probably had a reaction similar to you did uh, watching it. It's not like I have a deep love for Penn State. I think, like most people, I was rooting for Penn State to win, and was just like flabbergasted with their fourth and five play call. If it was fourth and two, maybe. Certainly, if it was fourth and one, but at fourth and five. Running his own read up the middle against one of the best defensive lines in the country, especially when your quarterback's been running so well. Like I just, I mean, I I don't understand how it's not some sort of, you know, a play action pass with a rollout with a run pass option for the quarterback or something like that. I I don't know,
0: but it kind of defies logic, doesn't it?
1: Well, I know what happened, if I remember right, is both teams took a timeout before it. I think Ohio Mm -hmm. State took one first. They didn't like how Penn State was set up. And then after they came out of the timeout, Penn State looked how Ohio State would wind up and called another timeout. I think they just out themselves. I think, you know, instead of doing something that they wanted to do, you know, as coaches at times have a tendency to do, especially on offense, it was like they almost went too cute. Like, they tried to get like simple, like like almost having be a draw or something and just I they out out often so. But you know, even though I didn't care for the final result of the game, like that game, to me is the ultimate reason why I will always like college football more than the NFL is I mean you've got two top 10 teams, you've got Penn State with over a hundred thousand people there having a white out with everyone in white, so it looks cooler. And you just get a better atmosphere than you do with NFL games, and then you know. But like obviously, I said, I wish uh, Ohio State would have lost mm-hmm. instead of won. But it was it was a hell of a game.
0: Though. I think yeah, uh, five and six is now Penn State's record in the in the whiteout games. So that's uh, that's pretty big stuff there. So now let's get to the game though that uh, everyone loves. Uh, most people love it anyway. Helen A in. Uh, Montana, she loves it. Cheyenne in Wyoming, fantastic fan. Norman in Oklahoma, he can't stop thinking about it. Uh, Lincoln in Nebraska. Oh, we hear
1: about Sydney in Australia.
0: Yes, Sydney in Australia. We love the we love the people from overseas that that want to uh, uh, tune in and watch. Frankfurt in uh, Germany, he's he loves it. He's a big college football fan. Lincoln in Nebraska. Hotel Paris of France. Yes. Yep. Um, Lincoln in Nebraska says I really love the game uh, Bull Bound or Not, but I don't want to talk about it this year. So Lincoln, fair enough, we will not talk about the Nebraska Cornhuskers, at least Well,
1: we can I can just tell you right now, they're not going to go to a bowl game this
0: year. Well, you know what? In a couple of weeks we are going to uh, uh, play When Will They, as we did last year. That's a game that's kind of creeping up on the nation's radar as well. And uh, Nebraska is Probably going to be on that list, unfortunately, uh, that we will get to here of teams, of when will they win their first game. But hopefully, hopefully they win one here soon. But anyway, uh, let's get right to it here. Um, I know we talked before, you want the ACC, the Big Ten, and the SEC, is that correct? The ACC, the SEC, and the Pac-12. Pac-12, okay, sorry, that the Big Ten. Here, so let's go to the ACC, and let's start out in the Atlantic Division with uh, Florida State, Florida State right now is three and two. Charlie Hildebrand, will Florida is Florida State bull bound or not?
1: Even though know, they're above five hundred right now and only need three more wins, I'm saying no. Florida State's active, the longest active bull streak gets snapped.
0: For, just to for comparison's sake, they, they play at Miami, home to Wake Forest, home to Clemson, at North Carolina State, at Notre Dame, home to Boston College, and home to Florida. So that is
1: like I wouldn't. I'm not saying it will happen. I wouldn't be stunned if they lost every single one of those games.
0: So. Right. No, I I agree. I mean they they barely squeaked out a win over Louisville. And Louisville is bad. Louisville is a very <laughs> bad team. So bad. Um. And I think maybe they can blame. It's weird pa-
1: they lost a Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback who covered up all sorts of their terrible weaknesses, and now that he's not there, they're not as good.
0: Anymore. Yeah, it's weird how that goes. There, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, we can maybe you could maybe blame Papa John for that here, but let's let's ask. I mean, Louisville is two blame and three. Papa John for a lot of stuff. You, you, you can, you certainly can. Uh, well, let's just go to Louisville. They are two and three. I mean, they barely beat Western Kentucky. Let's be honest here. Uh, earlier in the season, is Louisville bull bound or not?
1: They're not. Not going. They're bad.
0: I. I would and agree. And
1: Bobby, Bobby Petrino maybe ends up getting fired, then because then I don't know. We'll see.
0: Well, he's not going to get fired until there's a scandal at Louisville. Right, that's involving the football team. I mean, isn't it... With,
1: well, I, I, if they wanted to, I don't think they'd probably have to try very hard to find his scandal with Katrina. I
0: I don't think so either. Uh, he's had some baggage, pretty much. Oh, well,
1: yeah, just put GPS, just put a GPS tracker on his motorcycle and see where he's <laughs> going. On it on find all sorts. Uh,
0: well, if he comes in to work with a neck brace, we'll, we'll know that something is up there. Uh, let's go to the coastal now, and let's go to. Pittsburgh 2 and 3. Is Pittsburgh bull-bound or not?
1: With Pittsburgh, I'm going to need to hear the rest of their
0: schedule.
1: I know they just played UCF and got annihilated by them, but UCF's pretty
0: good. Yes. They are home to Syracuse, at Notre Dame, home to Duke, at Virginia, home to Virginia Tech, at Wake Forest, and at Miami.
1: Well, I was counting on my fingers and
0: I only gave them one win out of all of those. So what, the ACC
1: I'm is some, no bowl game. The ACC. I'm, I'm, I'm Ebenezer, Scrooge and giving out this year.
0: <laughs> the ACC has some uh so has some bad teams uh at the bottom of the barrel this year. Let's go then to Georgia Tech. They are also 2 and 3. Is Georgia Tech bull-bound or not?
1: I'm going
0: to need Georgia Tech scheduled. Okay, let's get Georgia Tech pulled up here. Uh, phenomenal when internet does not work. Okay, here we go. Georgia Tech. Already 0 2 in conference. They did beat Bowling Green. It was an impressive 63 to 17 win over Bowling Green uh, this past weekend. They are at Louisville, home to Duke, at Virginia Tech, at North Carolina. Home to Miami, home to Virginia, and at Georgia.
1: Oh, I had them at three, and I forgot the end the year with Georgia. And I said, well, they can win that last game. And then you said Georgia, and you didn't finish it with Southern or State <laughs> or anything like that. They're just like, oh, no, they're not going to beat Georgia. West, well, I've got, West
0: Georgia. <laughs> yeah, it's the wrong Georgia that they're playing. I've got
1: Georgia Tech, unfortunately, at five and seven a no ball game. Although... Georgia Tech like to me Georgia Tech and Auburn every year before the year and even once you start into the season are just the hardest to predict but they just go on such weird ebbs and flows like at this point I don't think either of us would be stunned if Georgia Tech went four and eight or if they wanted enough games to go seven and five or eight and four you know
0: right no absolutely and you can't the, the college football the the NCAA is not taking five and seven bowl teams this year is that correct uh,
1: it just it depends. I mean, I mean, it depends on how
0: many six and six and better teams are there. Okay, the one year they did it, it was they did it
1: because there weren't enough teams that qualified with six wins, and that's how, if I remember right, both my cornhuskers and your Gophers got to a bowl game that
0: year. Right, right. And I th- didn't they both win? No, for uh, for sure, Nebraska did. Right.
1: They but they did. There was some other one. I besides those two, I think San Jose State or maybe San Diego State, some, some mid-major team in California. And all three of them won.
0: Crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Uh, let's go to the Pac-12 now. They've uh, all
1: got new head coaches since then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pac-12 North looks pretty solid apart from Oregon State, so we don't need to go there. So let's. I the Oregon State's not going to a ball game. <laughs> hey, at least they have a win. Uh, even though it was only over Southern Utah, they do have a win. So that's... That's key for them. So for Arizona, let's go with Arizona State. They are three and two. They are at Colorado, home to Stanford, at USC, home to Utah, home to UCLA, at Oregon, and at Arizona. Charlie Hildebrand is Arizona State bull bound or not?
1: They're three and two.
0: You said yes. Yes, they are bowl bound.
1: They're getting to six and six. They're going to beat Arizona. They're going to beat UCLA. They're going to beat somebody else. I feel like it's either going to be USC or did, did they, did they still play Utah.
0: Yes. Either they're going to beat USC or Utah. In addition to those other two bad teams from the south, they're they're bowling. So speaking of Utah, they are two and two pulling up their schedule here of who they got going forward. Uh, they are at Stanford, home to Arizona, home to USC, at UCLA, at Arizona State, home to Oregon, at BYU, and home, or at Colorado, and home to BYU. So is Utah bullbound or not?
1: I've got them in the Georgia Tech situation where they're going to be at five wins heading into their final game. But I think they find a way to beat BYU. So I've oh. got Utah. We got the youth bowling.
0: So you got
1: Joe the... Patrick's favorite team and my cousin Benning.
0: So you got them winning the holy war and getting into the playoff. Or not the I playoff, know. but to, to, to getting Bowl eligible.
1: Winning the winning the play, or winning the holy war is important stacking, but it is not a uh, an automatic bid to the playoff,
0: unfortunately. <laughs> Very good. All right. Uh, let's get it back here. Uh we have one other team in here that I want to get to before we head to the SEC. If uh if my system would pull up. Here we go. Uh let's go and let's Nope, I think that's it. That that, or Arizona. Arizona. Let's just ask the question here. Arizona is two and three. So Uh, With their schedule here, they are home to Cal, at Utah, at UCLA, home to Oregon, home to Colorado, at Washington State, and home to Arizona State. Is Arizona bull-bound or not?
1: No, going through, maybe they win two of those games, I think.
0: What happened?
1: Their best player is not their best player, because I don't know if it's schematic or what, but you know, they weren't that good last year without Tate, so without Tate, I mean, I get that he's there, but without Ty and Khalil Tate, they're not good. Diet Khalil Tate doesn't do Arizona. <laughs> <and Tate. laughs>
0: I don't get it. I just, I don't get the, the drop-off that he's had this I year. Know, I, I don't get it either. Well, part of it is, I know in the first game, like, he didn't have a carry until,
1: like, the third quarter. Or, or I should say, I think it was they didn't have a designed run play for him, and,
0: that's it's just, I mean, it
1: seems dumb, you know. It would be like, "Hey, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you don't like Aaron Rodgers, but so something different." It would be like, it would be like Prime Adrian Peterson with the Minnesota Vikings, where it'd be like, "Hey, you're good when you get a lot of carries. How about we only give you seven the whole game, and you make the most of those? You can give us 130 yards on that, right?" You're like, "Yeah, probably not. That's that's the best way to you." Or being like, "Hey, Adrian Peterson, we're gonna put you. We're gonna, we're gonna put you in motion and." Out wide do we want you running hot routes and uh, dig routes and option routes and things like that. You got great
0: hands, right? Yeah, right. No, no, I... I yeah, would work.
1: It would be bad. Yeah. And that's what they're doing with, with teams.
0: Uh, South Carolina, if we go to the SEC here. South Carolina's 2-2. Two two. They're home to Missouri. South
1: Carolina, who I think all of us had as the second-best team in the SEC East to begin the year. Yes,
0: some people had them first, I think, too, when in, the, when in the East. That's
1: right. Yeah, you and I didn't, but I think I think Krenz and Schottenkirk did.
0: I think I'm pretty safe in saying they're a bull-bound team, but let's just go through it anyway. Home to Missouri, home to A&M, home to Tennessee, at Ole Miss, at Florida, home to Chattanooga, and at Clemson. Is South Carolina bull-bound or not?
1: What's their record? Two and two. I think they're bowl bound, but it's closer than I thought it was going to
0: be. All right. Uh, let's get here to Tennessee. This will uh, pull up here. I mean, Tennessee.
1: Before it blows, then you can go through the schedule if you want. Yeah. I'm just, it's Tennessee's not going to a game this year. All
0: right. That's that's fair. They're, they're two and three right now, so uh, highly unlikely that they make it they've
1: to they got to play alabama who they're not going to beat. They still got to play georgia who they're not going to beat. I did I think they still have to play kentucky and I don't think they're going to beat kentucky. So How... that already puts them at six losses and I think they so they would lose to anybody else. And like I, I don't think they're good enough to beat missouri either.
0: How about vanderbilt? They are right now 3 and 2. They are at Georgia, home to Florida, at Kentucky, at Arkansas, at Missouri, home to Ole Miss, and home to Tennessee. That sounds uh, very difficult. So is Vanderbilt bull bound or not?
1: Just why come back and bite me in the butt. But they're gonna who is it? They play the week before Tennessee. Uh,
0: they play Ole Miss. They're gonna win their final two games of the year when they need to win their final two games of the year to get. They're going 6-6. Commodores are bowling. Very good. Uh, Ole Miss, they're bowl eligible this year, right? (laughs)
1: Uh, I honestly do not remember if they're bowl eligible or not. I know they were not last year. If I had to guess, I would think they are not, but I'm not positive.
0: Well, we'll just run through the exercise anyway here. we can
1: still figure out if they're going to get to 6 or not. Yep.
0: Uh, So they are right now uh what are they here two uh three and two they uh just got their asses kicked by lsu they are home to university of louisiana monroe at arkansas home to auburn home to south carolina at texas a&m at vanderbilt and home to mississippi state is ole miss getting to six wins
1: we are not sure if they are bowl eligible or not. It's irrelevant. They're not getting the sex. No bowl game for all mess.
0: I agree with you there. So uh, that's what you have here. Uh, another a great uh, a great start to bowl bound or not. Um, we'll group uh, last one. My hottest take yet
1: because they're not bowl eligible yet. I think Alabama's going to be bowl eligible. I think they're going to a bowl game.
0: You are going out on a huge limb, sir.
1: I know. You know what? If you don't take risks, then what's the joy in
0: life? That's so true. Yep. It, it's a definitely a risky investment on your part to say that they are going to be uh, bowl eligible. But the
1: defending but, national champions will make a bowl the
0: following year. Hey, stranger things have happened, but uh, I think we can say that this would be a... I, I mean, I put my house on the market for... Uh, like I, I just say my house is collateral here. <laughs> Uh, for <laughs> Alabama getting to six wins. I think that's a fairly easy thing to they, say.
1: They have the bunny line bets in the NFL where, you know, like for a game, you know, like, oh, especially, I, I hate to bring up a bad memory for you, but it's just the first one I remember. Like for the Vikings there's some to win money just on the Vikings to straight up beat the Buffalo Bill yep. on the money line, you had to bet like $9,500 to win 300 which, unfortunately, for some sucker that bet that it didn't work out for them. Nope. But on those lines, if there was a money line bet for Alabama making a bowl game, and it would be like, oh, it's going to cost you $30,000, but you can win 600 I would probably take out loans to get that extra $600. Nope. I would be that confident <laughs> that they're going to a bowl game.
0: Well, just make sure that the interest isn't higher than the 600 that you would win.
1: Or magic one, this is a magic wand. This is a magic
0: Okay, very fa- <laughs> fair enough, Uh Charlie. I always appreciate the time, and uh we'll be chatting here uh, probably in a cu- another couple of weeks if that works for you. And uh we'll see where uh, where where the teams are at and where college football is at here in a couple of weeks as uh, we approach the midseason point. Sounds good. Hopefully,
1: Nebraska's got to
0: win by then. Hopefully, uh, for your sake, I hope they do. Uh, but uh, <laughs> thank you, Charlie. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Yep. See you later, man. Charlie Hildebrand, Sioux City <laughs> Journal. Appreciate his time. You, as always, you can go on um, siouxcityjournal.com. You can take out, check out his coffee break stuff, his college football roadmap. Uh, was earlier in the year. Uh, so great stuff as always. I appreciate his time. Yeah, college football, alive and, and well, certainly through five weeks. Of the season, and we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, you do have, uh, you know, obviously no one's bowl eligible yet, but um, there will, are a number of teams who could become bowl eligible here soon enough. The the teams that are five and O right now, there are five. Six, seven, eight, nine—more than I thought. Nine teams that are five and zero: Alabama and LSU, Georgia and Kentucky. Four of them are in the SEC. Then you have Notre Dame; they're independent. Ohio State in the Big Ten, Oklahoma in the Big Twelve, Clemson in the Atlantic Coast Conference (the ACC), and Cincinnati out of the Athletic, uh, the American Athletic Conference. Now, of course. Uh, there are a number of other teams that are four0 but in terms of teams that are one win away from bowl eligibility that's the list there nine teams so we'll see who becomes bowl eligible here this week or potentially here within the next couple of weeks um, we'll continue to go through with the sports block podcast and uh, make some picks and recap what happened in the NFL in week four and uh, see what else we have in store here on uh, the sports block podcast for this week uh, so definitely stay uh, more to come here as we wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. All right, we wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with the look back at what happened in week four and make some early picks for week five in the NFL. So let's get right to it. Last Thursday uh, kicked off with a Great game Uh, if you're a fan of the Rams or just a fan of football in general. Rams beat the Vikings 38-31. Jared Goff, 465 yards, five touchdown passes. He torched that Vikings defense, which is a shell of itself. Mike Zimmer's got a lot of work ahead of him to figure out what the hell is going on. Kirk Cousins played great, but the offensive line is still not great. He fumbled late. Um, Hey, Dan Bailey at least made his field goals. Doinked one off the right upright to begin with but that's great uh, but yeah Kirk Cousins throwing the ball real well but the Rams look almost unstoppable. Bengals beat the Falcons 37-36 AJ Green catches a touchdown late in the game with 7 seconds left uh, the Falcons defensively have been ravaged by injuries Keanu Neal, Ricardo Allen Deion Jones those are their top 3 defenders and they just they just can't get those guys replaced you, you can't replace guys like that And the Bengals, Andy Dalton, maybe it's time to start believing in the Bengals. Maybe. Uh... Certainly, they're playing well. Speaking of playing well, the Chicago Bears—they just spanked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 48 to 10. Trubisky throws six touchdowns in this one. Ryan Fitzpatrick gets pulled, I think, at halftime uh, for Jameis Winston. Winston has since been named the starter. The Bucks are on a bye this week, but just annihilated by the Bears. It was quite embarrassing. Dallas Cowboys beat the Detroit Lions, 26-24. Zeke Elliott finally a big day for him. Four catches 88 yards a touchdown. He had 150 some yards rushing. Very good. A 240 all purpose scrimmage yards there. So, a huge win for the Cowboys. They win it late on a field goal after the Lions had scored the go-ahead touchdown with Golden Tate. So, big win there for the boys. Packers blank the Bills 22 to nothing. Uh so that win against the Vikings appears to have been a mirage for Josh Allen and company. Uh, they didn't look good in this one Aaron Rodgers with some issues with the play calling. So we'll see what that trans or what that transpires to later. Um, Maybe this week or just down the line, uh, he and Mike McCarthy maybe not seeing eye to eye. Texans beat the Colts 37 34 in overtime, and they do it thanks to the Colts going for it on fourth and four from their own 42 or 43 in overtime with 27 seconds left. Incomplete pass, Deshaun Watson three plays later. They get the go-ahead field goal, uh, the game-winning field goal, I should say. So they beat the Colts 37-34, but Adam Vinatieri, South Dakota State University, Jackrabbit, has uh, now the most field goals in NFL history. He did that early in this contest, so congratulations to him. Uh, Just a remarkable career, and he should be a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Jaguars stumped the Jets 31-12. Blake Bortles, career high, 388 passing yards. Uh, Sam Darnold has much to learn. But a big win there for the, or big day for Blake Bortles and a good win for the Jaguars. The Dolphins, they were undefeated headed into Foxborough. They're undefeated no more. They get absolutely spanked, 38 to seven, by the Patriots. Sony Michelle, 25 carries, 112 yards. Uh, James White had a couple of touchdowns. He was great. Uh, Tom Brady, the defense, what happened to Ryan Tannehill and company? They did lose another offensive lineman, so that does not help matters going forward. But the the Dolphins get blown out by the Patriots. One of the better games of the week was the Eagles and the Titans. The Titans beat the Eagles 26-23 in overtime. The Eagles got the go-ahead field goal in overtime, but uh, Marcus Mariota drives the Titans down, connects with Corey Davis on 3rd and 10 with only seconds to spare to give the Titans a win. This after they had gone for it on 4th down um, a couple of times, including a completion to Deion Lewis, former New England Patriot. So the Titans get the big win there, 26-23. Seahawks beat the Cardinals 20-17. Uh, Sebastian Janikowski hits a game-winning 52-yard field goal as time expired. Earl Thomas, though, the big story in this one here. Oh, Josh Rosen, rookie quarterback, made his uh, for, er, his starting debut for the Cardinals. Played, eh, all right. Uh, but the big news in this one, Earl Thomas breaks his leg, and as he's getting carted off, He throws up the bird, the middle finger, to the Seahawks' sideline. as like, hey, why didn't you pay me? This is why I didn't want to practice. And he is, I believe, well within his rights in that argument uh, there. The Browns, as we talked about, got hosed. They lose 45-42 to the Oakland Raiders. John Gruden's first win in 3,591 days. Uh, No, I was not keeping track. That is just the the stat or the headline here. From this win... uh, looked like the Browns had this game won. They looked like they strip-sacked Derek Carr, but the refs blew the whistle dead. That was bad. And then to award Carlos Hyde the first down and then take it away, I I just saw inconclusive evidence from it. Uh, The Browns did have a 42-34 lead at that point. They did give up the touchdown and the two-point conversion, but uh, Browns, you gotta win these games. But they did get hosed for sure. Chargers struggled with C.J. Beathard in the the San Francisco 49ers but ultimately win 29-27. They fell behind 17-6 early in this game. Uh, The 49ers went on a 21-play drive. Quite remarkable in the second quarter there. But Phillip Rivers and company rallied. They forced a couple turnovers late and they beat the 49ers 29-27. Actually fell behind 27-26 again after reclaiming a 26-17 lead. But Like I said, ultimately win. Alvin Kamara has been just a goldmine for fantasy owners. I should know I have him in a couple of leagues. He scores three touchdowns in the second half, three rushing touchdowns, and the Saints overcome a slow start in that first half where they only had four Will Lutz field goals, uh, but they beat the Giants 33-18. The Giants are having some issues on offense. Ravens beat the Steelers 26-14 on Sunday Night Football. Joe Flacco looking good. Connected with John Brown right away in this one. Ben Roethlisberger did not have a good day at all. Uh, Just difficulties with the wide receivers. James Conner having difficulties running, so the Steelers are still in a little bit of trouble. Justin Tucker makes all four field goals in the second half for the Ravens, and he is... Pretty much the lone kicker who has success ever at Heinz Field. So congrats to him. And then the Chiefs beat the Broncos 27-23. Pat Mahomes had 65 yards passing at half, 151 through three quarters. He threw for 153 in the fourth quarter alone. A couple of touchdowns. He threw like the ball left-handed to Tyreek Hill on one play. His, the strength that he can throw the ball across his body is phenomenal. And uh, the Chiefs come back, rally to beat the Broncos 27-23. Let's make some early picks now for week five in the NFL Thursday night. It begins with the Indianapolis Colts at the New England Patriots 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central time on Fox. Give me the Patriots to roll the Colts in this one. uh, In part because the Patriots are just better and B, the Colts played overtime and are traveling on the road. So, there you have that. Tennessee Titans at the Buffalo Bills, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central time. This is on Sunday, October 7th, and I will take the Titans in this one. uh, hopefully they don't have a letdown uh the bills are not good but watch out this is a trap game for sure but give me the titans new york giants at the carolina panthers 1 p.m eastern noon central time on fox uh, the giants have failed to score 30 points in like 35 37 straight games that's going to continue in this one i'm not i don't know if i quite believe in the panthers yet to this point but they are better than the Giants. Cam Newton company will beat Eli Manning and Odell Beckham, uh, so the Panthers will win in the Dave Gettleman Bowl. Gettleman, uh, the current Giants GM, used to be the GM in Carolina, and uh, no love lost with some of these players. Miami Dolphins at the Cincinnati Bengals, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Battle of three and one teams, a battle of division leaders. Only one team looks like a division leader at this point, and I. Don't think it's the Dolphins. I will take the Bengals in this one to win quite handedly. Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central time on CBS, against my better judgment. I think Baker Mayfield and the Browns will find a way to beat the Baltimore Ravens. It's not the smartest thing to say. It's not the smartest thing to go with, but I will give the Browns a bone and say they'll find a way to beat Baltimore. Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central time on Fox. This is a very interesting game, uh, in part because I, I mean, the Packers are struggling on offense, and that's because Aaron Rodgers is not well. We'll see what the Lions can do with a pass rush. Uh, see if they can get to Aaron and hit him a little bit. See what you know, Darius Slaying company can do on defense. Uh, can Matthew Stafford and the and Golden Tate and the, the running game can they score a bunch of points? I think the Lions have a great chance to win this game, but tough to pick the Packers. Uh, uh, tough not to pick the Packers, so I will take Green Bay over Detroit. The best game of the day: the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars at the Kansas City Chiefs, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central time on CBS. The three and one Jags, the four and and0 Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes against that Jaguars defense. That is going to be intriguing as heck to watch. Uh, one reason I'm probably not starting him in fantasy this week Uh, the Chiefs will win but the Jaguars I want to see this test I want to see if Mahomes can solve the Jaguars defense Denver Broncos at the New York Jets 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS I want to pick the Broncos in this one I think they are the better team but short week flying cross country playing early kickoff The Jets have not looked great the last three weeks. I think they do just enough to get by the Broncos in this one. I don't say that with a great deal of confidence. Atlanta Falcons at the Pittsburgh Steelers, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central time on Fox. Uh, I I feel so bad for the Falcons. Matt Ryan and, and Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley are putting up some staggering numbers on offense here lately. But the defense, they just don't have it with all the injuries. And Pittsburgh will exploit them. Uh, Pittsburgh going to at home so far. I can't see them going 0 3 at home. I will take the Steelers in a high scoring shootout. Oakland Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. There's going to be a lot of Raiders fans there. Uh, the Chargers always play their home games in front of a lot of, uh, of the opponent's fans. That won't change in this one, but the Chargers will still win because they are the better team uh, over the Raiders. Minnesota Vikings at the Philadelphia Eagles, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Vikings, pass defense. Please show up. Please. I'm begging you. Just, where's that defense from last year? I'm going to pick the Eagles. Prove me wrong, Vikings. Please. Please prove me wrong. Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central time on Fox. I mean, CJ Beathard looked good last week. How can I pick them? How can I not pick them um, against Josh Rosen and the Cardinals, who appear to be the worst football team in the league, right in front of the Buffalo Bills? Uh, Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central time on Fox. Uh, How is that Seahawks defense going to stop the Rams offense? Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Todd Gurley, Jared Goff. No way, no way, no chance, no how, not a chance in hell. Give me the Rams all day in this one. Dallas Cowboys at the Houston Texans. The Battle of Texas, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. I'm not a believer in the Cowboys. I don't care that they won last week. I believe more in the Texans, even though the Texans are a very flawed team that I picked to win the Super Bowl. So I don't feel great about that, but I will take the Texans in this one all day long. The And then Monday Night Football, Washington at the New Orleans Saints, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Drew Brees only needs a couple hundred yards more, I think, to pass. Uh, Peyton Manning for most passing yards of all time, he'll do that. It'll be with great fanfare. And Alvin Kamara, welcome back, Mark Ingram. Uh, so give me the Saints to roll Washington. This one and those are your Week Five picks. The official picks can be found in the stack. That's at stackattack.sportsblog.com in the Football Friday post coming up on every Friday. Um, we did record something with Marcus uh, Traxler from the Mitchell Daily Republic NHL season preview. I don't believe that there. Of course, there would be technical difficulties. So I don't know if we're going to get that on the podcast. So uh, we'll try and talk with him again. Uh, Do something next week. A a shorter version. So uh, my apologies there. My apologies to Marcus. Why? Why does this shit have to happen? It's frustrating. Frustrating indeed. Unless it works here, then that's great. Then we won't do it. But it's uh, not looking likely. So, with that, thank you as always for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block podcast. You can find us available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block, uh, and then also follow me on Twitter at and Facebook Nathan Stack, and The link to the podcast posted middle to later part of the week. So, thank you as always. Uh, great hockey, or er, great uh, talking with Krenz about baseball, the NFL, college football, plenty of college football there with uh, with Charlie, and we did talk NHL with Marcus Traxler. Uh, he likes the uh, the 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 tampa bay lightning and the nashville predators in the stanley cup final i like the jets and the maple leafs we'll talk about it all though next week assuming that uh, we don't get the technical difficulties resolved here um which is a bummer so uh my apologies to him my apologies to you but hopefully you liked it, uh you enjoyed this week's edition of the sports block podcast please join us again next week For another uh, fun-filled edition, plenty of sports to talk about, baseball playoffs, NFL, hockey, and so much more here. Uh, Nathan Sacken saying thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Hope you tune in again next week. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Sports Block Podcast.